At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Who are you texting? My therapist. You text with your therapist? Text, video chat, call. Yep. That sounds too easy. How did you find her? I just went to betterhelp.com slash save. She's a licensed therapist and it's all online. I connect when it's convenient for me and don't waste time driving anywhere. Plus, it's affordable. I wonder if I should try it. It's great to talk to someone in confidence. She's helped me sort out quite a few things. And right now you save 10% off the first month when you go through betterhelp.com slash save. Betterhelp.com slash save. Got it. Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, it's pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's Mondays with Mikey's Murph. We talking Raiders and football dirt. Because this is our draft preview special and a free agency review. It's Mondays. Once a month with Mikey's and Murph. It's Mondays with Mikey's Murph. Let me turn down the other audio. That's right. I had it on two screens. I messed up again. It's been a while. So let me get to the wrap. It's the draft special. We're going to do this big. He's Murph. He's my best friend. We're going to have a good time. We don't want no ghosts. I ain't afraid of no ghosts. So let's toast. It's draft time on Mondays with Mike and Murph. He's got a Get Made t-shirt from the Fan Cave. It's time for Mondays in Mikey and Murph. Don't you know? All right, Murph. What's up? Once again, we are on the air nation. He is from Murph's Fan Cave. I'm Mikey Raider. Introduce yourself to the world and let them know what's going on. It's been a month since they've seen you, Murph. It's been a while, Mikey. It's great to be back here for our monthly episode of Mondays with Mikey and Murph. So glad to be back here on 
on Air Nation and uh, appreciate you asking about our show. We do a little thing called Raiders Fan Radio, which is on the Murph's Fan Cave Podcast Network. You can check that out at any time uh, on the YouTube at youtube.com slash Murph's Fan Cave. That's M-U-R-F-S Fan Cave. And then you can also find us anywhere you can find an audio podcast. Just search Murph's Fan Cave and you will get our flagship show, which is Raiders Fan Radio. You get the audio version of this show Mondays with Mikey and Murph. And then you get the Fan Club Blitz with Splatterhead and Fitz, where they cover all of the different fan club raidery things that are going on around the country. And so uh, thank you for supporting us in that way. And yeah, if you go to our website, RaidersFanRadio.com or the other website, MurphsFanCave.com, you can get one of these t-shirts. These t-shirts are the Get Made t-shirts. And all you got to do to get made is call our show three times. You can call three times, you leave a message, we play it on the air, and then you become a made man on the show on Raiders Fan Radio or Made Woman. And then uh, you get the, uh, well, you get the shirt, you get the shirt no matter what. But if you want to get made on the show you got to call and leave us a message three times to get a plate thank you for asking mikey love you man great to be back thank you man every time i need to get made i gotta go hey like, now. You know, cross, cross country cost you know, more than like to, tw- cost you more than 20 bucks cost me about like 200 and stuff for about 30 minutes to get made it, it's a it's a tough time sometimes you and bob you and bob craft you know yeah me and robert craft you know we got to get made every once in a while yeah, i hear you um, Hey, but you know what? Speaking of the NFL draft, today we're going to go over a free agency review, and we're also going to we're going to talk a lot of draft from our perspective and trade scenarios, and it's going to be a good time. But speaking of the NFL draft, it's is it in your area, and don't you have an event? with the fan cave going on in Tennessee. Yeah, thank you for asking that as well. So, yeah, so super cool. So for those of you that don't know uh, and are new listeners to the show, I'm originally from San Jose, California, uh, born and raised in the Bay Area, grew up a Raider fan, uh, relocated to Middle Tennessee, took my Raider fandom with me, and now I live just outside of Nashville where the draft is. So uh, just the other day, actually, Mikey, I went downtown and and went to check out the new stage, and uh, it's about 200 yards long and takes up the entirety of one of the city blocks downtown town it's right on the river it's absolutely gorgeous check out the the Merce fan cave youtube you can see my little video down there of it um but yeah so so the, the draft is over three days so thursday we're going to be right in the middle of the crowd they're expecting about a two hundred thousand uh plus uh, uh attendees to this thing it's going to be like new year's eve down there so we're going to be right in the middle of that for all three of the raiders first th- uh, uh picks Wait, we're going to be right in the middle of that for the Raiders' three picks in the first round. Then Friday, we're going to be at the NFL Draft Experience, which is across the river at Nissan Stadium. That's where they're going to have all the different concerts, all the different like promotions, all that stuff will be going on, all the games and whatnot. We'll be there for that. And then Saturday, we're going to be doing a live stream. So Saturday, we are going to be uh, about 10 minutes outside of downtown at this place called the Bavarian Beer House. These people were nice enough to give us this big room. It's one of the big, giant like Hofbrau houses and stuff where they do like the beer and the sauce and the oompa bands and all that stuff so they got us this side room we're going to do a live stream of raiders fan radio we got about 50 people so far that are coming uh that we're going to meet up with plus more those are just the confirmed ones uh but we're going to rotate through so a lot of the made men on our show uh we're going to have guests we're going to have some some media guests uh we're going to have all kinds of fun stuff uh, going on that day we're going to be doing a live signing uh of the of the al davis book this book right here uh the uh, uh behind the raiders shield steve corcoran uh he's at, at a minimum we're gonna have the book signed 
grind. He may be there live to answer some questions and, uh, and, and spend some time with. But anyways, we got lots of stuff going on around that. So if you're not coming to the draft, definitely check out our YouTube feed. We'll be live streaming like crazy. People are going to be sick of seeing us, Mikey, after the three <laughs> days because uh, myself, my Uncle Mosh, our buddy Aaron, the Q-Dog Raider, we're going to be all up in the draft for all three days. It's going to be amazing. I can't wait. I wish I could go, but I've got life issues. I ain't got no money to travel, and I ain't got no health to become made out there in Tennessee. Well, it's coming, brother. It's coming. I last time I visited you in your fan cave, and now it's uh, now it's time for It'll you happen. to make a trip and get out here. And, and wouldn't it be fun to do a, a, a live Mondays with Mikey and Murph from the fan cave here, dude? That'd be a blast. Man, I want to go to the draft. Uh, may, maybe next year, depending on your situation, you can come down to Vegas. Oh, I, I that, think I'm gonna. That's a good deal. I mean to cut, yeah, I mean to cut you off. I think no matter. I'm gonna try my best because it's only about four hours away. I think I'm gonna get my health as, as right as rain, and I'm gonna get up a few hundred dollars, and I'm going to that draft like I got to. Well, let's definitely do that, and you know, we we'll, we'll obviously sidebar quite a bit about it, but I've already got plans being made for next year's draft as well. We've made some amazing friends in doing our show, our podcast over the years, and uh, we've we've gotten aligned with some really really cool people, and uh, there's going to be some amazing things going on around our show for the draft, and so let's definitely do that. Definitely yeah. plan on on seeing Mondays with Mikey and Murph uh, together at the draft down in Vegas, man. That's you, you can. Just just pretty much call that a done deal right now. We'll work out the particulars later. It'll be a Saturdays with Mike and Murph, but then it'll probably air <laughs> yeah. on Monday. Yeah, they, yes, absolutely. Because we'll need recovery time and then edit time and then post it up. Man, if we go to Las Vegas in 2020, I'm so old nowadays. I'm afraid like I got no life left in me, you know, because of health and financial that I'm going to live it up a little too much. And I don't know if I'm going to actually like have videos online uh, <laughs> of some really bad stuff, and they're going to use it against me like Antonio Brown and everything. I might go to jail. I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> hey, you know what? I, you- I'm not a country music fan, even though I live outside of Nashville, but I, I do like some country lyrics, and there's one. I think it's Toby Keith, I want to say, and he's got a, a song that says, I'm not <laughs> as good as I once was, but I'm as good once as I ever was. That will be us in Vegas. We'll, we'll ball out for one night and then have to recover for the rest of the 364 days of the year. I'm telling you, you know the slogan for Vegas, right? What happens in Vegas stays on well, YouTube. <laughs> hey, or what happens in Vegas started in Oakland, if you ask us. Ooh, that is a good one. It's on our all right. t-shirts on that one, too. Uh, that's a good one. You know what? Uh... All of Murph's links will be down below and in the forum for you guys to log on and support and respect. And here it is, Murph. Um, are you ready? Are you ready? I'm ready, man. I'm fired up, man. I'm excited to be back. I love this show. I miss this show. And, and uh, I miss hanging out with you as much as we do during the regular season. So, yeah, man, I'm fired up. All right, let's do this. Let's see what type of nonsense we can get into. And I think I'm going to disagree just to disagree to be an asshole today. <laughs> Why not? Why not? When, when, when people just sit around and agree with each other all the time, it doesn't make that much fun on radio. That's why all these debate shows exist, right? You know what I mean? So to, to use a Jay Moore term, we're not going to sit around here and wash each other's <laughs> It's okay to like disagree on stuff. Let's do it. We're going to create some controversy like Antonio Brown on today's show. This is the Antonio Brown special. I'm just kidding. It's time for the headlines, deadlines, breadlines, blow my mind. Murph, I paid my rent. Oh, okay. All right. I paid. I paid my rent. I, I was able to get enough money to pay my rent, so it's all good. There you go. Thank you, YouTube. All right, let's do this. 
Bam! First off, I got to change the background picture because Reggie McKenzie is no longer there. So hopefully I can get to that background picture soon. Oh, the one down there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I got Reggie still like, you know what? Let's call that his brother, Raleigh. That's Raleigh. Raleigh, Well, Raleigh still has a job with the Raiders. If that was Raleigh, he'd be sleeping, though. It's true, but he still has a job with the Raiders. Does he really? Is he still on the staff? I didn't know that. He's still on the staff. That's cool. Crazy thoughts. Happy birthday, John Madden. I haven't heard much about you lately. I haven't seen you in public lately. I hope there's no health scare, but damn it, I miss you, and it's draft time, and I've been thinking so much about John Madden playing the video game and all his history. Happy birthday, John. Any words for John Madden? Yeah, I'll be real brief about it. I rhapsodized at length about Coach Madden and his importance in the lexicon of Raider Nation. Uh, There is a lot to celebrate in terms of his football life. Uh, You know, whether, like you mentioned, the game and then, of course, his broadcasting career and commercials and all that stuff. But this all started in 1969 when he was hired as the head coach of the Oakland Raiders. And a lot of things that we attest to to, uh, the Raiders' mystique were, were John, you know, uh, every, Al gets the credit for everything, but when you go back and you look at a lot of the things, uh, whether that be you know the the three rules of the Raiders, you know be on time, pay attention, play like hell when I tell you to, you know all the different things. A lot of what surrounds the mystique of Raider Nation in the in the Raiders in the seventies was developed by by John, of course, in conjunction with Al. But John will tell you, Al never told me no to anything. He let me do whatever I want to do or whatever I wanted to do. And so John is, is the, is responsible for a lot of what we still to this day associate with the Raiders. So, you know, it's hard to say that somebody like him is underrated, but I think a lot of times we, as fans really kind of underrate the significance and the impact that John Madden had on our football team. It's massive. 100% man. I'm the video game generation pretty much. But still, this guy was an amazing announcer. I miss him on Monday Night Football. Him and um, Pat. Uh, Pat Summerall. Summerall, thank you. But happy birthday, John Madden, man. I hope to see you for the Vegas draft or sometime around the Vegas activities. And let's just throw this out there, Murph. Um, I hope maybe in the last, if it's the last game in Oakland or the first game, Maybe he'll light the torch and he'll sign the torch. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I would. Well, he still lives in the Bay Area, so I think that's entirely possible that that happens. So I, I totally agree with you. Yeah, good call, Mikey. Yeah. We and haven't Shane seen him Leckler. since the rate. I think we'll talk about him later, later, but Leckler also needs, hopefully, is one that lights the torch this year also. He will. He will. All right. I know we don't like to talk about this. This tabloid <laughs> drama is over with and everything, but. We don't hear from Murph, you know, if you don't watch his channel all the time and um, you hear from me. So I'd like to get your perspective, Murph, on Antonio Brown after joining the Raiders and the little bit of social media drama against the Steelers. You know, what's your take on this whole subject with Antonio Brown? Well, to kind of walk it through the timeline just real quickly, you know, Juju fired the first shot in terms of this online. You believe that? You believe that? I believe it because I brought it up, uh, you know, numerous times on numerous shows about that picture that that Juju put out there of of him toe tapping in the end zone, a game that we won, by the way, with Antonio Brown standing behind him in the in the you know the at the end zone. I the saw open. the picture, but why does Antonio Brown have to take? Yes, I can call it a shot. I get it. But why does every person or human being have to take it 
negatively. Who cares? If you see it, it's like, ah, whatever. Screw him. I got well, my money. He, I'll move on. He took it negatively because it was a negative comment directed at him. So, you know what I mean? You could you can handle that two ways. You can ignore it or you can respond to it. And he chose to respond to it. Now, look, this is not in season. We are in almost the offiest of the off season. Um, when you look at the rest of everything else that Antonio Brown does in terms of his social media, the guy works out constantly he's going to Derek Carr's kids birthday party he's hanging out with his quarterback he's hanging out with his trainers he's hanging out at Nike World headquarters the guy is non-stop working and honing his craft and so he you know hopped on social media to defend himself I think this is much lesser of a story and really frankly the, these are the kind of things that once the season starts these these things go away but there are two things about this that I will touch on number one is that Look, he's a diva wide receiver. This We haven't had a superstar in the building for a long freaking time. Well, sometimes when you get superstars in the building, superstars get attention, and he's getting a lot of attention. So, But I'm okay with that. I think you kind of you know that's what you're going to get when you, when you bring in Antonio Brown, and as long as it's not destructive, as long as it's not keeping him from doing what he's supposed to be doing, and clearly it's not, then no big deal. And I'll tell you, and the other part of it, the other point I want to bring up, Something that my Uncle Mosh brought up. And my Uncle Mosh is, he's, I'm already an old guy, and Uncle Mosh is 14 years older than I am. And he's seen this team and he's seen this sport go through quite an, uh, an evolution from, the, from all the way back into the 60s. And, you know, his point was this is that this stuff has been going on forever. The difference is, is that it's a different medium now, you know, and he brought up the, like when the Steelers called the Raiders, the criminal element in the NFL, and they would refer to the way that Tatum and Villapiano and all those players used to play. They took a lot of shots, but they used to do it in the newspaper. And like what Mosh said, look, so instead of hanging up headlines inside the locker room, instead, now these guys are just battling it out on Twitter for the world to see, but it's the same thing. It's the same argument. It's the same back and forth. It's a rivalry. Good. I'm glad he took it to a Steeler. Take it to the Broncos and the Chiefs and everybody else too, because we don't like them. I don't like Juju Smith-Schuster. He's not a sympathetic figure to me. He's a tool. So you know what, AB? I got you back, man. You want to take shots at this guy? Go for it. But most importantly, ball out on Sunday, because that's how you ultimately shut people up. Scoreboard. <laughs> Mic drop. <laughs> on to the next, as Antonio Brown would say. <laughs> uh, I mean, I disagree. I, I, I think Antonio Brown caused all of this. Uh, be, again, I understand there are shots taken by Ben Roethlisberger and by Juju, but Antonio Brown is coming from a place of negativity. I was at this place last year in terms of negativity in my life. So everything somebody said to me or whatever, or Gruden did, I took it so negatively and I responded and I don't like being that type of person. So, I mean, I understand why Antonio Brown would take it as a shot, but I don't think he should have responded and I think he should have just moved on and been better than that. And that being said, uh, where was my point? My point was uh, he's got everything he wants. You know, he's making dreams come true. He's getting paid. And I get shots taken at me by other Raider video makers on the daily. If I choose to see it that way, there's a couple of shows out there that every time they're like, we're the number one Raider news show on the internet. <laughs> yeah. Well, for many years, I had a slogan on my banner where I called myself the number one Raider fan news show. And it said that everywhere in my description and everything. So now all of a sudden the show comes out and they say it every time. Could I take that as a shot toward me and my channel? You're damn right I could. But you know what? 
I'm better than them, whether they're gaining subs or not. I'm better than them in terms of what I do. And sure. what they do is great. What they do is great as well, you know, and they're coming up. They are the next Raider video makers and I applaud them. But for me, I'm not going to let it get to me because I responded many years ago to drama and I lost channels. So it, it just ain't worth it. So that's what I wish Antonio Brown would do was just move on, you know, and know that he's better, but he's jealous of Juju. He wishes he had the love that Juju has from social media and all that other stuff. He wishes he had it, but AB is the villain. Like in Batman, you need a villain. And Antonio Brown is the classic Raider and he is the villain. And I'm proud he's on this team. Right on. Right on brother. All right. So, um, but that brings up a very valid question. How should John Gruden today? They're having their workouts. Mm -hmm. How should, from your opinion, John Gruden or Mike Mayock handle Antonio Brown? Should they say anything about this? Tell him to temper what he's doing or what? How would you handle this? I would handle this exactly the way that I just referred to John Madden and the way that he handled <laughs> the 70s Raiders, which were the most renegade, uh, you know, a, a group of players uh, possibly ever uh, assembled to play in the NFL. And, uh, you know, again, I'll say his three rules. It was be on time pay attention and play like hell when I tell you to, because that's all that counts. The rest of this stuff really doesn't matter. If Kenny Stabler wants to stay out drinking all night and study his playbook by the jukebox light and, and come into the game the next day and throw three touchdowns, then what does it matter what he did? You know what I mean? So I think that, look, when John Gruden brought Antonio Brown into the building, he knew exactly what he was getting. And I, so, you know, is there a conversation to be had? As long as he's doing his football life correctly, which, again, by all accounts that he is, I don't see it. They got better things to do. And Gruden is all business all the time. You know, when you listen to Mayock talk about their working relationship now, I mean, they don't have like, hey, how you doing? How's the family kind of engagements? It's all business with Gruden. I mean, he said even when they go out to dinner, they'll have a few niceties or whatever. But outside of that, they're talking shop. So I don't think there's any room for Gruden to be like, all right, sit down here, AB. Let's talk about your Instagram feed. I, I don't think he cares. I don't think he cares not one single bit. So you ask me how it's handled. I don't think he handles it at all until it poses an impact on the field. At that point, he'll intervene, but I don't think he'll ever get that way. Yeah, I mean, I tend to disagree. I, I, I mean, of course you want Gruden to let people be who they are. Uh, but that's Gruden the whole freaking Raider way. Like, that's the thing that, and, and I'm sorry. I mean, I, and I cut you off. I apologize for that, Mikey. Go ahead. Let you finish. I'll, I'll shut up. No, 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 that's fine. Go for it. That's, that's the whole point of the Raiders. When you look at kick him in the head, Ted, the soul patrol, Otis drunk, the man from Mars, the snake, the assassin, you know, you look at the, all these players of the seventies and the way that they were built, they were a bunch of misfits. They were renegades. They were, it was wild. It was, it was, that's, the Raider way. And we just haven't had anybody for a long time. Yeah. You mentioned it earlier. I thought you said it perfectly. He's a villain. Thank you. 
That's the reason that Darth Vader comes to our football games because we're bad guys. <laughs> like, I want us to be not liked. I don't want people to like, I don't want to be the darlings of the NFL as much as I love Derek Carr and the character that he is and the man that he is from his Christ uh, fellowship to his, his, his supporting of charities and all that wonderful, the things that he does, uh, that whole ah shucks thing. Uh, you know, I kind of like having somebody like Vontez Perfect on the team. I kind of like having Antonio Brown. I like us not being liked. I don't want you to our team to be your bandwagon i want you to hate us because this is our gang this is our la familia man like i am I'm, I'm totally okay with with people not embracing what's going on with the raider players that's fine you know what i mean so if they want to do things to be more individualistic to embrace that misfit nature that villainous approach have at it man bring it i love I'm, it i completely understand that way of thinking because that's what i want but it is a new day and age, and the NFL and teams are changing. You know, we're moving to Vegas. Again, there's going to be a rebuild. What type of regime will John Gruden have? Does John Gruden want players that, you know, will not listen to him and be renegades? I don't know. I don't know what anybody wants. But the point is, it does hurt players in locker rooms, and it does hurt today's insecure effing players. All and of this stuff. Look, this stuff will hurt. When you have a spineless coach that can't manage the locker room, when you have a Jack Del Rio that can't handle the personalities <laughs> and the additional dynamics or the outside pressures that are going on, that's when these things fail. John Gruden is not that guy. John Gruden is not a spineless worm. John Gruden is not the guy that's going to let these outside interferences impact the, the, the what's going on on the field like Del Rio did. You want to know when you asked earlier, how should it be handled? And I said, when it impacts the field, that's what I'm talking about. After that game in Washington and all of a sudden we fell apart and couldn't win a football game because we didn't have the man in-house. And I said, man, we didn't have the man in-house to be able to handle business and be able to handle... He couldn't do it. JDR was freaking useless in that. That ain't, That's not Gruden's MO. That's not Mayock's MO. You know, that Reggie was another, and I'm not using this as an opportunity to pick on Reggie, but he was he led from a distance. He wasn't a hands-on kind of guy. He was soft-spoken. He was that's not Mayock. Mayock is out front. He's doing business for everybody to see. He's a soundbite. He's an interview. He's out there, man. This stuff is not gonna fester the way that it did a couple of years ago. It ain't, isn't gonna happen man. I think this stuff is great. Yeah, but I'm just saying, I mean, I love Antonio Brown and I love what he can bring to this team, but you got two alpha males that are going to be a part of the team. And if Antonio Brown can call out former players, Ben Roethlisberger, whoever, because he wants his balls and he doesn't want, you know, know, like his quarterback to throw him under the bus. I'm not saying Derek Carr would do that, but Derek Carr made the exact statement last year that Ben Roethlisberger made, but Ben Roethlisberger mentioned Antonio Brown wasn't his read in a certain play call. And Derek Carr, for the most part, went online and said how his read took him to another player. He didn't mention the player, but he said, my read took me to another player, and then I threw the interception. So it's just weird. But if it could happen to the Steelers, I'm still afraid that, you know, Antonio Brown can yell at Gruden. If Gruden doesn't, you know, man up and talk to him or handle it a little bit right now, that he'll yell at Carr for throwing a bad pass or something. I don't know. I just think something does need to be handled. So Antonio Brown will go, that's my boss, and I got to respect him a little bit. I don't know how, but the hunt- uh, should the end- – 
Go for it. The honeymoon is not going to wear off quick enough for that to happen. We're going to have our last year in Oakland. There's going to be a, a, an amazing scene around the Oakland Coliseum for the last year. And, and by all accounts, we're going to be better. I'm not going to say we're going to make be a playoff team, but we're going to be significantly better than we were this last year. So you're going to have that. Then you're going to have the gloss of the first year in Vegas. There's not going to be any room for any of this, this malcontent or these, these types of behaviors. And then you're going to have your second year in Vegas when all this stuff should really be coming together. I mean, we should be, you know, according to the timeline, a favorite in the AFC by far by then. Brady will have about aged out. Phillip will probably be gone by then. It's going to be like, um, us, I'm hoping it's us and the Chiefs battling it out for the division and for the AFC. AFC title by then there's not going to be enough room in there to be like to let this pettiness evolve you know what I mean because frankly like all that stuff you talked about with Ben and all that it's all pettiness and Ben is a petty guy and clearly Antonio Brown can be as well but look at and that's the other thing too is that the people that are absolving Ben Roethlisberger of any responsibility in this are absolutely looking at this with blinders on because Ben Roethlisberger has been a tool for a long long time and for whatever reason he gets the kind of the benefit of the doubt on a lot of this stuff from the fan base and from the NFL and then the reporters and all that but he's a jerk off man this is not a good fellow we're talking about Ben Roethlisberger is not a good person you know what I mean yeah, you're right. Um, so I don't think it'll be as bad as, you know, I always worry about everything a little too much. But you're right. Um, Derek Carr learned from his mistakes on social media. And now that Antonio Brown's with a new team, he kind of had it, his butt handed to him these previous months. So I think Antonio Brown and Derek Carr and Gruden, again, they're going to build a relationship where it'll be in-house. If there's any issues, at least for the first year or two, it'll be in-house for the most part. Uh, all right, let's move on. Um, oh, real quickly, should the NFL fine players for Twitter activity or messing up their brand or costing them money? You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a uh, another analogy that my uncle Mosh brought up. My uncle Mosh is also a, not only a career coach but a career teacher. And I asked him one time about kids using their devices, their phones and stuff in, sc- in school. And I go, what do you guys do about that? And he goes, we encourage it. We just let them use it. He's like, it's, it's a part of life now. Like you can't fight it. So you're either going to fight the system or you can just embrace it and just let them let the, now you can't let it be distractions and you can't let them, you know, obviously, you know, completely compromise the, the integrity of the classroom. But in terms of like usage, you, you can't do anything. So what do you do on something like this? I think you just let it happen, man. And, and yeah, if you do something, you haul off and give some vulgar rant or some racist tirade or, you know, uh, say something overly, you know, aggressive towards women or whatever, you know what I mean? Anything like, obviously, yeah, then the NFL can, in, can invoke the, uh, you, you know, contract uh, or conduct detrimental, detrimental. To, the, to, the, to the league, whatever. Sure. But uh, as far as usage and all that kind of you got to let it happen, man. It's the, it's the world we live in now. Like it or not, it's, it's it. I think the NFL, real quickly, I said in another video, I think the NFL should find during work hours, if there's any tweets or anything like that, they should build a social media department, the NFL, you know, to look at these tweets during work hours, whether it be practice hours or whatnot. So then that way it's relegated to their off time. Then for the NFL teams themselves, like the Raiders or whoever, um, you know, they should create a, a PR department that teaches players, you know what, Great. try not to respond, try not to react accordingly. You know, let's hone in our feelings. If you got an issue or something, just 
take a day or two and let's think about it. Do you need to respond? Is it really hurting you, your wallet, your family? And, you know, let's just try to be a better human being in terms of PR. And then the PR department that the teams build can help players build a brand, whether they're a popular player or not. They can help them build their YouTube channels and stuff like that the correct way. So I think NFL and the NFL teams need to look into social media and creating departments to help players with that aspect. It'll save everybody money and a lot of headaches. Phenomenal idea. All right. Uh, Mike Mayock doing an excellent job. Very out front, very transparent. I love what he's doing. Had his pre-draft, his first pre-draft press conference with all the pressure he's got on him being a media analysis turned into a GM. You know, the entire media world is waiting for him to make any damn mistake. And this guy has got so much damn pressure on him, but I love what he's doing. And this is what he had to say about pressure. He said, as John keeps telling me, don't mess it up, dude. Mayock said on Thursday in his pre-draft press conference, I took a lot of slings to get you three first round picks. Well, I just want to say that's a good thing and it's playful, but I could also look at it as why is John Gruden publicly and constantly telling Mike Mayock, don't mess it up, dude. Is he creating a fall guy? I don't know. That's a good, I think that's a fair question. I think that there's probably some self-preservation in there, but also again, you I can only go off of what we hear from those guys say, and their working relationship is phenomenal. Mike Mayock knew exactly the environment he was getting himself into when he took the job. So, I mean, uh, clearly he doesn't have a problem with it. So if he doesn't have a problem with it, then I don't either. And, and I'll, and let me say this too, Gruden's not wrong. Like, yeah, he can't mess this up because we've already caught enough crap for the way that the Raiders conducted themselves in terms of player personnel over the last year. If we whiff on three first round picks, you know what? I mean, the freaking pitchforks are going to be out, dude. Like it's going to be insane. So I agree with John. You know what I mean? Absolutely. But here's the thing. He's not going to mess this thing up. Gruden or Mayock, he's the absolute top-notch guy in terms of player evaluation, probably in the world. So, you know what I mean? Like I don't I don't think that we're running any any risk of that. Now, that's not to say we're going to knock all three picks out of the park, but uh yeah, I don't I I think if anything, Gruden has so much confidence in, in, in Mayock that he's not afraid to say something like this. Like, don't mess it up. You remember when the, in, in the, in the, uh, the Khalil Mack draft, you remember all the players that were on the board? Like Reggie had like four or five different players that he had to pick from and none of them were misses. And still to this day, you know what I mean? Like there are some drafts where it's like, all right, you can't screw this one up, man. And I think that when you look at what the Raiders have available to them at four and even in the latter rounds, this thing is so deep on defense. I don't see like an, an obvious way for them to like really screw this thing up unless they take like Daniel Jones or something in the fourth pick. Like uh, aside from something like that, I don't see any, any way that this goes in, in crazy at all. I'm still a little salty at Gruden for all his comments last season, you know, so you know, last season he came in and all of a sudden Reggie McKenzie's messed up all the draft picks and this and that. And, and then now all, all of a sudden in, in Mike Mayock's first year, you know, he, he's publicly telling him every day, don't mess it up. You know, like, I don't know. Imagine Gruden fires the most coaches and general managers or whatever in the history of the league, I think, or he does it a lot. Could you imagine me, you know, firing a bunch of people 
and then bringing you in, Murph, to do Mondays with Mike and Murph and the show's named after you. And then me telling you every time before we do a show, don't mess it up, dude. Like, I don't take that as a joke. I would be like, dude, you hired me. My name's on the show. I ain't being fired. Shut up. <laughs> but, but that's how I take it. But long story short, you're completely correct. Mike Mayock, he understands the pressure. And he even said it in that statement. He goes, if we lose, I'll get fired. And I'm perfectly fine with that. But I, I love it. I mean, he's, he's taking on the pressure and he's speaking about it publicly. And I can't do nothing but applaud the guy. Uh, hey, real quick. So I just looked it up real quick. So listen to the 2014 draft. Now, there are a couple misses in here, but listen to the, the, the names on this list. Taking in the, I'll just go the first. Uh, uh, let's see. We'll go the first 15 picks, okay? We got Jadevian Clowney, Greg Robinson, Blake Bortles, Sammy Watkins, Khalil Mack, Jake Matthews, Mike Evans, Justin Gilbert, Anthony Barr, Eric Ebron, Taylor Lewan, Odell Beckham Jr., Aaron Donald, Kyle Fuller, and Ryan Shazier. Like, like the majority of that of those first fifteen picks are home run. Yeah, those are like some of the best of the best. Like it was almost impossible for McKenzie to screw that draft up. He lucked into that draft. I'm saying he every person fell to him from my perspective. Yes, and 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 then to pull Carr in the second round. Well, listen, I think that's this kind of a draft. Like when you look at the look at those monster defensive players that were that I just named off, you know what I mean? And I think that's what we're looking at this year. So I don't think that that uh, there's a lot of room for for Mayock to really blow it on this one. I think we're in good shape. You're right. Again, I like what he's doing. He's going to do a great job. Uh, so Antonio Brown is visiting Derek Carr every single day. Uh, basically, Derek Carr has to man up, like because he's got to deal with Gruden, and now he's got to deal with Antonio Brown's personality. Derek Carr is kind of a sheltered man. You know, you can call him insecure if you want. He's a great person, but, like, he doesn't really lead off the field or really take on that leadership role off the field. And I don't think Derek Carr took on that leadership role in 2017 or 18 100% because he had so many people that were, like, he just wanted to listen to and do what they say. But in 2016, he was having fun. He was leading the team. Everybody respected him and believed in him. And then, again, the injury happened. And the next season, we had Marshawn Lynch on the team that added an alpha male personality. And I'm not saying Marshawn Lynch affected Derek Carr in 2017, but I think it might have had something to do with Derek Carr, you know, in terms of personalities and Derek Carr knowing he's the leader of the team. When a player like Marshawn, who's beach mode, comes to the team – full of urban players, and he comes from that lifestyle, it changed the leadership role. Then we had the politics in 2017 in the Washington game. Derek Carr lost the team, but that team has been removed. But now Derek Carr's got another alpha male personality that will lead players in the locker room in Antonio Brown possibly as well. So I, I basically say, hey, Derek Carr, you've learned a lot, and it's time to man up. What say you on that situation in terms of Derek Carr? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I necessarily agree with the off the field stuff. I think that if anything, he's he's proven that he, he is a, a leader, and he's a leader in in the community, and he's a leader in charities and fundraising. And I mean, like he's like he's like up there with like Russell Wilson in terms of like what he does in terms of community outreach. No, yeah, whatever. he's a great man, absolutely. Just, yeah. and, and Marshawn's like I that too. Fun. And Marshawn does an amazing job in what he does for the, uh, you know, for all the different local entities that are in in Oakland and everything that he supports in that way. But so I, um, you know, I I think I'm I'm proud that Derek Carr 
Lamar's our quarterback. I think he's he is a good man. I here's what I here's where I would be critical of him. And uh, for those of you that want to call me a bootlicker or an apologist, here you go. That I, I said it at the top of the show that aw shucks kind of we'll get him next time, Tiger. Not Tiger Woods, but you know what I mean. That like, well, we'll get him. Well, okay, we'll get him next time. Like that runs a little shallow with me, and especially when he is up there on the podium saying, "Hey, look, this is all my fault. This is all my fault. This is all my fault. This is all my fault." Now, I'm not telling you to to shirk any responsibility, um, but it is okay for you to kind of get into your players a little bit in the game. When you look at some of the greats, and and to to pull it to Raiders history, you look at Gannon. He wasn't afraid to kind of give somebody an earful and not in a disrespectful way, but in an aggressive, energetic tone, let somebody know that, you know, look, we can be better. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And we don't see that out of Derek Carr at all. And I would like to see him elevate that part of him a little bit because I think he's fully capable of it and deserving because you got to have the, here's the thing is that to be that way, you got to have the juice to back it up. You got to be an MVP uh, like, like Rich Gannon. Like you got to have, you got to be Dan Marino or Phillip Rivers or whatever. You got to be that kind of guy to be able to do that. Well, look, Derek's got the numbers. Like, so he's okay. He's got the talent. We know that he doesn't have the wins that's coming, but so, but I think he's got enough to back up any of that type of mentality. So I would like to see him. Yes. To short answer your question, elevate that leadership a little bit more in the moment because when we're away from everything i think we're doing okay it's in the moment on the field that's where we want to see it yeah i misspoke when i said leader off the field i i I more so meant like hanging out and taking responsibility for what his teammate do, do off the field like if somebody tweets a beef or says something i don't see Derek Carr stepping in he feels like it's not my place I'm going to let them be what they want to do. But you know what? If you have a problem with something, let them know. Whether it be on the field or off the field, just go, you know what? Hey, I didn't like that. You know? Like, I'm going to get you the ball next time, and you're going to be there. That's That's how it's going to work. Derek Carr, too, also something that I think is a little bit of a misnomer about him as as as, as as a man is that he's also very much willing to defer to his boss. Whether now that was Del Rio or and now John Gruden, like you know, everybody wants to to get on him about the checkdowns, right? Remember last year, you know what I mean? But he he was throwing checkdowns because that's what his coach told him to do, and so he's not going to say, "Well, Gruden told me to do it." You know what I mean? Like that's not in his character. What is in his character, though, is to follow the chain of authority. And if your boss tells you to do something, you're going to do it. And so now he's got a better boss than he used to. But I think, again, a lot of that leadership stuff that might have been missing in Carr, it was because the he was. The new boss is like the same boss. <laughs> that song? Heck yeah, man. Because I think he was willing to defer that leadership to the boss. He was willing to defer that to Del Rio, and Del Rio was not a good leader. He was not a good boss. So, but now we got a great one. So we got you got your leader. The, the Oakland Raiders leader is John Gruden. That's it. Well said. I mean, it's going to be an interesting year. Uh, it is Derek Carr's test year in terms of the media, Gruden, and everybody. He's got to bring it this Vegas. year. There, there's no more excuses. Again, to go back to me being critical of him, which I, I'm not uh, fond of being, but the point is, or what the bottom line is on this one, is that there is no more excuses. You've got targets. 
You're going to have a much improved offensive line. You're going to have a much improved defense. You know, I'm not expecting you to be perfect, but no more of these dumb passes uh, getting picked off in the end zone. No more throwing stuff up for grabs. Like, those days have got to be over, DC. We've got to be beyond that now because you're not going to have the excuse of uh, of a lack of, of, of surrounding talent. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm not saying we're going to win a Super Bowl, but, the, but top to bottom, this roster is much improved already it is Derek Carr's team and I'm telling you after the draft when the Raiders do not draft a quarterback Derek Carr in his soul will go you know what I am their guy (laughs) for at least this year until 2020 (laughs) or the end of 2020 let's be honest you know the future doesn't know what it holds but he's their guy can they handle the pressure both of them with Antonio Gruden do you think they can truly handle the pressure of this year and the draft Mike yeah. Mayock and, and Derek Carr. Absolutely. I definitely, you know, I'm mean, again, is that, does that equate to wins or whatever? I don't know, but to, as far as handling the pressure compared to what we've seen in Del Rio and Dennis Allen and other people that have been part of this organization in the recent past. Absolutely. I think that they can handle the pressure. They've got the resolve. You know, I, I, I think they're good. And, and it's certainly our coach can, I mean, he's got a 10 year contract and so he ain't worried about nothing, man. There's going to be a pressure field draft, the pressure field season. Gonna be fun. Uh, speaking of pressure, uh, just quick opinions. Uh, will the Raiders be on hard knocks this season? And do you want them to be? Yes, I want them to be on it because I love the Oakland Raiders and I love these shows and the fly on the wall approach to where you get to see the inner workings of a football team. We've already seen now the Ravens and the Bengals and the Cowboys and all these other teams. So yes, I want to see my team. I, I and I think that. Because uh, the the Mayock uh, and and Gruden factor and them and their history in broadcasting, I think they would be great. I think this would be a great showcase for a guy like Derek Carr. I think Antonio Brown is absolutely made for these things. And here's the thing: is that when you got players and people like that, it won't phase them. Like they won't be the quote distraction because they'll be able to handle it. They're equipped to be able to handle this kind of stuff. So. Yeah, I'm not opposed to it. I mean, again, as long as it doesn't impact on the field, I want all the Raiders all the time. Like, give me more, 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 more. So, yeah, I'm in. Well said. I couldn't say it better myself. I'm 100% uh, on board. But do I think I want them on hard knocks? Do I think they will be on hard knocks? I do. There is no better year than a final year in Oakland for that history. And there's no better year to show a stadium being built to have Antonio yeah. Brown first time on the team, to have John Gruden and Derek Carr and these top four draft picks in the first two rounds coming to the Raiders with draft picks in the future, and then Vontez Perfect, who concussed Antonio Brown. Like, how are yeah. they going to react on the yeah. field at practice during each other? Are they going to come after each other? Are they going to set a tone? Oh, the drama. I can't wait. <laughs> they need to be on hard knocks. I don't care what any of you say. I will tune in two hours early. I will pregame on my YouTube channel. I'll be like, it's like Game of Thrones to me the other night. I'll be like, let's go. It's the first episode of the Raiders on hard knocks. I can't wait. Mikey Raiders got his chicken wings out. Mikey Raiders got his bean dip out. Mikey Raiders got his Doritos out. And you know what? We're going to live that hard knock life, baby. Love it. Love it. Let's go. All right. The Raiders and the Packers are going to play in a preseason game uh, to be determined where they're losing a home game. Do you think it'll be in Canada 
or what are your thoughts? I don't know. I think that our our, our schedule is just going to be funky until they find their home uh, completed in Las Vegas. You know, we've lost home games during the regular <laughs> season now. How many years in a row? And so now Five. they're losing. Yeah. So now we're losing a home game uh, to the preseason. Yeah. Because look, the NFL doesn't like us playing in Oakland. I mean, that's. I don't think there's any mystery around that. It, you know, to the, now to us, it's gorgeous. There's nothing prettier to me than a than a night game uh, and seeing the Oakland Coliseum and you know the the black end zones with the silver lettering and that bright green field and the dark sky and the every the stands all black. I mean, it's it's beautiful to me, but it's not beautiful to the NFL. The, the NFL, it's a dump, but it's our dump. Uh, but they don't want it on TV. So the more that they can take away from it, the more they're they're you know happy to do so and look and the raiders aren't going to fight them because the raiders got what they wanted and that was the approval to move to vegas so they're not going to book you know they're not going to buck the nfl on that so no 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 it surprise just, yeah it just sucks like i mean think of a, the season ticket holders in oakland you know and, and they're losing games left and right then they're even being called this offseason hey um they're moving to vegas in 2020 but do you want to renew your season tickets in 2019? We're losing two home games, you know, but you're still going to pay the same value. <laughs> you know, like it's just kind of like uh, it's another dig at the, yeah. the people that pay for the Raiders. It's, it's just annoys yeah, me. The entire uh, NFL is a dig at the people that pay for its product, man. That's the, the bottom line, man. This is a big, ugly business. You know what I mean? Of, of the NFL. And so, you know, we got it. We got a choice. We can either turn it off or turn it on. And we yeah, turn it well, on every we'll, week. <laughs> we'll be the Canadian Raiders for at least one week. There you go. Why not? There's the preseason schedule. It's been announced. We start week one at home versus the L.A. Lambs. Week two, we go to Arizona where Kyler Murray might be their quarterback after the draft. Won't that be a storyline? Yeah. That's, that's a storyline right there. Week three, we got the mishandled. Aaron Rodgers, who likes to go against his coach's wishes and make play calls, according to the reports, in week three. Uh, week four, we've had Seattle four years in a row or five years in a row where Derek Carr became the starter. Uh, so there it is. That's the preseason. Any one of those games that you're looking forward to the most? Uh, I don't really get too fired up about the preseason. I don't know. That, that Kyler Murray uh, – uh, matchup could be interesting, I guess, just to see if he's if he's uh, well, he's gonna play right, whether he's a first round pick or not. Whether if he starts, he's the pick, yeah, 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 yeah. So, I mean, he, he would be even if he doesn't start the game, he'll be in the game. But I don't, you know, what there's something about that week four game, I don't know why, but there's something about going to Seattle. Uh, where they hate us and we hate them still. That's some old school AFC West rivalry right there. Um, and, you know, I just, I like seeing the Raiders play up there. I don't know what it is. It's just something, it just brings up so many old memories or something for me uh, that I just, I just like the Raiders playing up there. Plus, I like week four games because I like seeing the guys that are lower on the depth chart. Uh, we had an interview this last week with Rashard Davis, uh, who is a slot receiver for the Raiders. Uh, he was on the practice squad and now he's going to be playing for that that fifth spot to elevate up off the practice squad that's a game where Rashard Davis will factor in heavily so I like those kinds of games because we get to see him play a whole bunch you know what I mean there's a couple there's a couple theories or rumors that won't happen about Russell Wilson being traded to the Raiders in response for Derek Carr it's like but could you imagine if the Raiders drafted a quarterback at number four like Dennis Haskins or Kyla Murray and then he has to play that fourth game because the starters will play the week three game 
And then imagine like Kyler Murray on the Raiders playing against Seattle and winning that game by like five touchdowns like Derek Carr did. Would he be the starter? You know, like Derek Carr won the job many years ago. It's just funny to talk about. We're going to trade for Russell Wilson. We're going to draft yeah, Kyler know. Murray. And then we're going to give away next year's draft and bring in Baker Mayfield just so we can have all of the undersized, big arm, elusive quarterbacks in the NFL. That's that's yeah. what, That's our goal. Somebody said we're going to pick up Kyler Murray. We're going to trade for uh, Russell Wilson and keep Derek Carr. So you got two quarterbacks at 20-something million apiece, 25 million apiece, and then you got a rookie quarterback. I love these theories, and mine are fun to laugh at, too. Sometimes mine don't make this sense. All right, but who isn't, cares? Isn't uh, pick Madden. Three, pick three games or that you think will be in prime time, like Thursday night football, Monday night football. From that list and why. Wow. Okay. Well, uh, definitely KC has got to be a prime timer, right? That's the uh, home or away. Oh, man. Um, Well, let's see. Let me. Gosh. I think we're going to get another one of those early uh primetime games like the the back half of the Monday night doubleheader. We seem to like to play the Chargers in that game. So uh, let's go. Uh, let's go Chargers. At home, we'll see. No, wait. The last we opened though against the Rams last year though in that Monday nighter. So I'm going to say the Chargers in LA will be uh, will be the Monday nighter, uh, and then later on we'll have an an away at KC that will be a prime time game. And then here's and this is just purely from my fandom talking. I'm going to say uh, that we'll have a it won't be a Sunday night, but maybe like a Thursday night game. Uh, at uh, MetLife Stadium against the Jets. Like, that's what I'm – because, and I'm hoping that that one fits into my personal schedule because we have so many friends in the Northeast that are for the, the New Jersey chapter, the Black Hole guys, the um, our mo- buddy Monster Mash can. Like, there, there's amazing Raider fans in New York, New Jersey, all over the, all over uh, th- that area, uh, even all the way up in upstate New York. Where, so And a lot of those folks are all planning on coming to that game. So it really will be like a little bit of a family reunion for us at that game. Uh, so I'm hoping that that one is not like, you know, Christmas, Eve or something. I hope it's a good scheduled game so that we can all travel to go to in a Thursday night game in New York, man. That would be a blast. I think maybe the the home game versus Kansas City in the final game in Oakland might be that game, whether oh, it be duh. on Monday night. Yeah. Yeah, duh. I'd probably put Kansas City as the final game of the season. Uh I don't know. Or Denver. Or Denver again. You know, any any division rival for the last game in Oakland on primetime? Absolutely. Great call, Mikey. And then um, I could I could see the Bengals, you know, needing a game on prime time, so them throwing the Raiders and the Bengals, and the storyline would be Paul Gunther and Vontez Perfect, you know, on a Thursday night game or a Sunday night game, if you will. Or, or depending on where it falls in the schedule and how well the teams are doing, you watch that Chicago game be the Sunday night game. Because they love Khalil Mack. The whole well, that's world. London. That's London. Oh, the that's Chicago London. Game is London. Oh, is it really? Well, there you yeah, go. that's the London home game that we're losing. Oh, and well, that can't go. be prime time because of the hours. No, that'll be early. Okay, well, never mind. Well, then that's good. <laughs> now we don't have to hear a Khalil Mack honk fest then. I'm glad you knew that. Who knows? Maybe they'll change the time. Maybe they'll make the game 11 oh. o'clock at Sunday or something like that. I don't know. But, uh, so those are the two games that I'm looking at uh, as Bengals, Kansas City Chiefs at the Raiders home. 
then we'll definitely have one away game. And I wouldn't beg to differ that it's the Houston game because it's West Coast and I don't know. Just Houston has a lot of fan base that are Raiders as well. Yeah, great, great uh, Raider fans in Texas. Uh, that second only to that New York, New Jersey area. And and when you look at it, I'll give you a little bit of inside baseball here. When you look at our heat map, like where people listen to our show from, California is number one, and frankly, Southern California is the biggest market. Not too distant of, of, of behind that is Texas and uh, New York, New Jersey. Like there, Texas has tons of Raider fans. That'll be a great game. All right, on to Shane Leckler, who was drafted by John Gruden. Him and Sebastian Janikowski were both drafted that same year by Gruden. He went to the Texans, speaking of the Texans, and now he officially retired from the NFL. And um, I wish the Raiders would give him like a one- or two-day contract coming up and let him officially retire as a Raider as well. Do you have any thoughts about Shane Leckler or stories or anything you'd like to talk about? Yeah, he's the greatest punter in the history of the game. Uh, you know, there's some different dynamics going on when you contrast him and Ray Guy. And if you're interested in hearing about that, we did it on the last episode of Raiders Fan Radio. We actually broke down the stats, stat line by stat line. And uh, there are some other things that that came into play. But the bottom line is this, is that Leckler had the highest in terms of average punts, uh, career, uh, by season, uh total length. I mean, everything. Uh, Shane Leckler is the man. When you look at their, just their Raider careers, um, Shane Leckler and Ray Guy are very, very similar in terms of total games played and years and all that. But in terms of the numbers, the the, the big ones that count, Leckler has them over Guy, and Ray Guy is the only punter right. in the NFL Hall of Fame or the uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame. So uh, absolutely, I, w- I hope that he could sign a one-day contract and retire a Raider. Either way, I would like to see him go in uh, as a Raider, which I, I think that, that he will. Um, um, but yeah, this is, I mean, he's one of the absolute, uh, all time greats at his position. And I'm, I'm proud that he was a, a member of our team. And you, you mentioned, uh, or you asked what was something memorable about him. I remember the 2011 season when not only did he uncork an 80 yard punt for the longest in franchise history, but he also threw a touchdown pass to Kevin boss, man. That was awesome. That was awesome. So I, I miss Leckler, man. He's a good dude. Yeah. He's labeled, uh, alongside Charles Woodson to announce a draft pick but he was labeled to do it in the third round and the Raiders don't have a third round pick. Uh, Charles Woodson is labeled to do the second round. And a lot of Raider nation is saying, come on, NFL, let Charles Woodson do the 24th pick in the first round. Cause Charles Woodson is number 24. Uh, It just goes hand in hand. But uh, we might have a third round pick. Uh, uh, So, you know, the Raiders might trade down from the four to seven or eight or whatever and maybe get a third-round pick. So maybe Shane Leckler, or maybe the NFL knows something that we don't know because they labeled him as the third-round announcer for the Raiders. Good point. Pretty interesting. All right, this is a stupid story to me. I just want your thoughts on it. I don't think we talked about it. There was a story that came out a few weeks back that the opening of the new Raiders stadium has been delayed by only four days. I mean, what kind of a story is that? to give a delay of only four days. Why does it need to come out? Why does it need to be announced? Uh, the original date for the stadium opening was July 31st. And now because of the delay, the new date is August 4th, which is two days before the preseason. I said it was a stupid story and they're only releasing a four day delay because they're going to delay it even more with more stories to come. And also 
the Raiders signed a contract with Oakland in case they need 2020, they can play in Oakland again. So I truly think there's a good possibility the stadium might come out with more delays and it might not be available in 2020. What are your thoughts on this subject? I am going to save the entire listening audience of Mondays with Mikey and Murph. I'm going <laughs> to save them from my anti uh, big time media, especially sports media tirade, because this story was put out by Mike Florio, who has a big boner for the Oakland Raiders. And for whatever reason, he was an official delay, though. It was an Mikey, official delay. This is such a non-story. Clearly, anybody that's wound up about this has never been around nor heard of any construction project ever in the history of the planet because aside from the convenience store down on the corner from your house, not your house, the proverbial you, not, not. aside from that, these things do not necessarily always go up exactly on time because when you build things, especially $1.9 billion freaking stadiums, Mike Florio, yes, things can possibly get delayed. This is a non-story, and it was only put out there because this guy doesn't like the Raiders. And you know what? I like him even less. He can go F himself, and I'm not going to talk about this anymore. It was put out by Rick Velota. It says the right there, world. posted by Mike Florio, March 21st, 2019. F that guy. Underneath I, put, underneath, I put the actual story guy right there. It says Rick Velota of the Las Vegas yes. Review Journal. Yes. And then Mike Florio took on that story from him. He sure did. From Las Vegas. And this but is I'm a just- local guy doing local guy things, which is reporting this, which is fair. Then you've got a national guy running with it because the national guy has a case of the ass for the football team. I couldn't agree more. I just thought it was a weird story and it just annoyed me. Uh, <laughs> made me concerned. I was like, what's going on? I need to figure it out. You got me to say boner <laughs> on this show for the first time. <laughs> You've said it a bunch of times. Boner? Not you, the proverbial. (laughs) The Alliance of American Football suspended (laughs) after eight weeks. I mean, what are your thoughts on this? How could they have fixed it? Uh, What went wrong? I kind of enjoyed it, man. And I was a little saddened by the way they treated their players at the end. I don't know, man. And you went to a game. You saw the Birmingham Iron VIP What are your thoughts about this league and what happened? Well, I was saddened to see that it happened the way that it did. And unfortunately, the NFLPA is what impacted the, this league because it, the, you know, they were dependent on practice squad players. <clears throat> and, uh, and without that, that, those players available for the rosters, it, it just, you know, the domino effect of that was too much for the league to be able to withstand it. Um, the Birmingham folks are, were amazingly kind to us. They were wonderful hosts and invited us not only to attend the game, but to sit up there in the, uh, in the, in the luxury suites and, and uh, wined and dined us and, and, and really, I mean, rolled out the red carpet for your buddies at Raiders Fan Radio, man. It was absolutely awesome, and we were very proud to have our show be affiliated with them uh, and, their, and, their, and their football team. And, and when this happened, I reached out to those folks and, you know, kind of gave my uh, condolences on the fact that the league folded up. And, uh, you know, we've still remained friends with those folks. And in fact, uh, the councilman, William Parker, who was instrumental in getting the iron uh, to Birmingham, he's going to join us up here in Nashville for the draft and he's going to be on the show. And he's, he's got another announcement that I can, I can't tell you what it is, but I can tease it a little bit. He's got another big time announcement in terms of uh, football in Birmingham and what's going on. And, uh, XFL. 
Uh, so I'll just leave it at that. Uh, that there's something else yeah, big, no. something else big going on. Um, but yeah, this this was this was sad. But uh, you know, um, I can't speak for the other you know uh, teams in the league. But Birmingham is going to uh, dust itself off, and it's got uh, some amazing other things going on in that city uh, in terms of football. So th- so they're going to be, I think, okay for the long run. But you know, I, um, yeah, you mentioned the XFL. I'll say this on on that front, Mikey. No one was smiling more than Vincent K. McMahon when this announcement came out because, you know, there was going to be some competition for spring football for him and that XFL league. Well, now that competition is now gone. So, uh, you know, and, and the AAF was viable. Like, it was a good product. These were good players, and this was good football, uh, good spring football. So, you know, you eliminate that from the equation, and the door's wide open for the XFL. So I'm, I'm interested to see what they're going to bring. So you think it was all about not getting the NFLPA players or the college players or what have you that folded the league, not money? 100%. Well, of course, it always comes down to money, but they didn't have the amount of money to they didn't have the amount of money to sustain it. You know what I mean? You can only, you can only take a hit so hard, you know what I mean? And they just didn't have enough uh, to, to back it. Cause it, look at these things take a while before you really get good, solid revenue streams. in. cause oh, yeah. you know, like the games, you know, you see them on TV or like even the one I went to, I mean, there was a smattering of, of a few thousand people there. Well, you put a few thousand people in the freaking, you know, at Legion field and it looks like there's no one there. You know what I mean? Well, a place that can hold, you know, 70,000 people and you got 2000 people there. You know what I mean? It doesn't look like there's any, well, so to build up a fan base takes time. So you can't do this stuff overnight. And until you build up a fan base, you don't have the revenue stream to be able to take a hit like the NFL PA shutting them down. But uh, here's what I am shocked about though, Mikey, is that being that these games were on NFL network, these games are clearly endorsed by the NFL. Why wouldn't they let them? Why wouldn't they let them? You would think that this stuff would have, would have gotten figured out long before uh, the league got underway. But you know, the NFL, this is just, look, if there's anything, this is evidence that the NFL players association does not operate in coordination with the league of the NFL all the time. Like they they were two separate paths here and that separate path cost this league. Unfortunately, if they had more money and I believe Charlie Ebersol and Bill Polian, who created the league, they didn't do a good enough business job because after the first week they were literally broke and they yeah. had to bring on Tom Dundon to give them like $250 million. Who's the guy that who shut it down? Why didn't they go to Silicon Valley People like Jeff Bezos of Amazon or these website corporations or these streaming media people like Netflix or whoever. And they could have created a league where bringing subscribers, you know, to their streaming network. And they got hundreds of millions of dollars. They made a real bad business decision. And if they had that money, they could have paid the NFL Players Association. And, you know, they would have got players because the, the monetization would have been even better. I think that you made a great point right there, Mikey, and I think that if anything the AAF did that was very, very well done was that when you look at the way that their app is constructed and like how the, the fantasy element of, of, the of it was really, really well done. I think you're going to see that in the XFL and you know who's smart yep. enough to do exactly what you just said and has the and has the juice to be able to do that and knows the right people is Vince McMahon. Like the heels won't be in the XFL. The, the AAF was kind of aligned with the NFL. They wanted to be or they were. I think the NFL is going to buy that app or that situation oh. from the program. Well, I then think the NFL is going to do that for this that, year to add to fantasy football. 
That could be too, because yeah, that was extremely well done. And uh, and if you know, there's just like there's remnants of the USFL in today's NFL. I think yeah. that's what the remnants of the AAF are going to be. But yeah, good stuff, man. I love fantasy football, and I love that application where you could pick the plays and guess them. I thought it was great. Uh, John Gruden's a madman. I'm just gonna say it. Uh, we brought in Vontez Perfect. Uh, do you believe he is in Gruden's 1998 world? Uh, the enforcer like Bill Romanowski to set a tone for the team and to be that crazy leader of the defense. Do you think he's John Gruden's enforcer like Bill Romanowski? It's hard to say that he's not. I'll just say that. It's hard for me to sit here and think of a reason where he wouldn't be that. Uh, you know, when this this move first was made, I mean, I was kind of kind of against it because I feel like we already have a target on our back. Uh, and so the last thing you want to do is subject the team to to, to increase penalties or increase flags. But then, you know, after really thinking about it, are we really ever going to not be that team? Like, is it one extra guy going to make a big difference, you know, between an index card or not? Like that stuff happens to us, whether Vontez perfect is on the team or not. So I think I kind of found my peace with that element. And then, yeah, I, I said at the beginning of the show, I made that whole that whole big rant about about us being the villains of the league and us not being liked and us, you know, being, you know, walking that fine line of, of, of sportsmanship at times and the edge and pushing things. OK, here's our guy like that's we all finally right. got linebackers. You've been crying and, about linebackers for years and that we, and then <laughs> we got Brandon Marshall and Vontez Perfect both do different things. Vontez Perfect doesn't cover very well but he'll hit your butt off and he'll get in the lane. And then Brandon Marshall is actually one of the best linebackers in coverage, maybe not hitting at the line of scrimmage, but he's one of the best linebackers in coverage. So I love the move and I just can't wait to get them on the field. And here's a little theory, Antonio Brown, uh, after he got concussed by Vontez perfect, he went a little crazy. So did it all happen from the concussion? (laughs) I don't know. I'm just saying uh, the NFL, do you believe teams manipulate drama, meaning NFL teams that want to draft a quarterback or an offensive lineman? Do you believe they possibly have um, investigative people on their team to find tweets or drama or videotapes of something bad of a player they actually covet? So hopefully they release that information, the media runs with it, then all the other NFL teams that are interested kind of get scared off and then maybe that player falls to that team so maybe they investigate players and is it manipulated drama by nfl teams to maybe get the player they want or to have them fall in terms of money and position just a theory just a thought the answer to your question is absolutely 100 percent. this stuff happens now, does it happen by a team wanting to devalue a player so it, they fall to them? That part of it I don't agree with. But what I, what I do agree with is that do other teams do their homework and expose certain things on players to better their own position, to adjust their draft needs or whatever? Absolutely. I don't think that in, when you have this much money on the line, then you have this big of a deal going on. I mean, you're talking about a multi-billion dollar industry with multi-million dollar contracts on the line. People's legacies are on the line. When you have this kind of high stakes event like the draft, yes, I absolutely think that these things, they are they're going through these players' history and they are absolutely, I mean, 
they're scrutinized on every little teeny tiny thing that they do. So yes, absolutely. All this stuff happens. Do I think it's done on purpose to, to, to detriment a player? Like, do I like you, you got that one. It was, was that, that lineman's name that was shown smoking weed out of the thing. I forget what his name was. Uh, Laramie Tunzel. There you go. And it came out like right before the kid got drafted. Like, do I think that that was done by the dolphins or whoever it was that drafted him? No, I don't think it was done by them. He went to a team that does drugs. But the Miami Dolphins coaches had drugs <laughs> yeah. all on videotape look, as well. But look, <laughs> somebody, that uncle of his that let that video out, he got paid by somebody. Like, so who was it? Well, I don't know. But would it be some... And the Dolphins well, maybe like, we want him, yeah. we need him. I don't think it was done by the Dolphins. But you get my point, though, and I get your point, is that, yeah, this stuff is definitely out there. And look, if you... That's why you got to be squeaky clean, man. That's why they ask them all those questions. Because look, when you're going to, it's, it's a little bit less now than it was, but think about like what Jamarcus Russell did to our Raiders. Okay. Back in now the contracts are different now. So you can't negatively impact a football team in the same way that you did once upon a time, but look at how far that one pick set our football team back. I mean, it set us back for what? Five years. And I'm being conservative, maybe longer. Like, it was. It has such massive detriment to a team to whiff on on these guys that yes, you have to unturn every little teeny tiny thing. All right, caption this photo. This is from Antonio Brown's new YouTube channel, and in a series of video releases, he released five videos within three hours of last night at two in the morning. But caption this photo. That's Bill Romanowski giving a massage. To Antonio Brown, yeah, on at a workout with Derek Carr. I just picture him pulling the uh, like the Jules Winfield <laughs> line from uh, from Pulp Fiction and seeing like Romo to be like, you know, I'm the foot effing master. I got my technique down there. I don't be tickling or nothing. Oh my god! <laughs> Remember that when you talk about giving foot massages and him and Travolta have the big argument over whether there's anything erotic about giving a foot massage. I love that movie, by the way. That's one of my favorites. Yeah, there was a football coach that you know had some photos released of him and his wife and their fetish of feet. And I don't know if Bill Romanowski has one in that this was photo. Right. Dude, you want to talk about craziness. Okay, Rex Ryan has a tattoo of his wife, wife. With, in a Mark Sanchez jersey. Like, as she's nude, yeah. Except the only thing she's wearing is a Mark Sanchez jersey. And, like, her foot is like, yeah, it, that's some odd stuff. Rex Ryan actually lives here in Nashville. One of my one of my buddies met him at a at a Nashville Predators game not that long ago. Got a picture with him and stuff. But yeah, but he's a uh, he's an odd bird, man. Like even if that's your thing, I mean, whatever. People are into different things. I don't begrudge you. Whatever you do, what you do. But you want to tattoo it on your arm? Like that's it's a little odd. I, just, I don't understand Bill Romanowski being at a workout with Derek Carr. He's not. I th- I don't think he's on staff of the you know the foot department. For Antonio Brown to work out his muscles and his feet, and why is Bill Romo out there? Is it for the publicity? I don't know. It's just very well. Romo, remember, man, Romo was the guy that was you know eating shark cartilage and doing all that crazy stuff back in the day, (laughs) man. He is a crazy workout guy. Like he is one of the all timers in terms of like you know self care and 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 optimum performance and all that stuff. So I mean, it makes sense that he's 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 doing that with AB. What cracked me up was the the one where AB did the selfie of them in the steam room, and and Romo was sitting down here like this, and as soon as it went on, like. He, he went up and puffed his chest out, sucked his stomach in. Did you see that? That was pretty funny. I haven't seen it yet, man. That was pretty I, funny. You'll love that. Anyway. Look that up. You'll love that. Yeah, that was funny. You know what I did see? Hey. The new 
Available Mondays with Mikey and Murph t-shirt with both our beautiful faces on it. Available in the description and down below. If you want to support the channel, all proceeds will go half and half to Murphy, to me, for whatever reason. But that's how somebody would look with our Mondays with Mikey and Murph shirt. That looks good, man. That guy's like me, like same waistline, same beard and everything, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just wanted to let you know that's actually Jordy Nelson with a beard. <laughs> um, I was once joking was about the waistline, the by the way. Once he was released or he quit the Raiders uh, and announced his retirement, he let everybody know what show he's a fan there of. You go, and right on. That actually is a really cool shirt, Mikey. Kudos to you on that, man. That's a cool-looking shirt. You I'm designed not... it, so I have to give you all the credit. Well, the logo, but you put it on the dark-colored shirt, the charcoal gray shirt there, man. That looks legit. Uh, the program did it. Don't worry. I didn't do nothing special. Mm. All right. This show is getting long because we haven't done it in a while. Okay, I'll talk we're fast. We're going to push. No, no, there's no problem. Unless you have to go, you let me know. But um, we're going to get into free agency. This is our draft preview portion. We're going to get into the Raiders free agency because we haven't talked to Murph post free agency. And we want to find out um, your opinion, your grades, and what's going on in terms of free agency. So here it is on screen. These are the additions on defense. And let's just go through each one. And I'm going to ask you for your advice on, you know, them being picked and give me a grade from A through F and Y or whatever. So let's start with the addition of defensive end Alex Barrett to the Raiders. He is from the AAF. Yes. Uh, Depth player, probably practice squad, C+. (laughs) All right. And then in according to me, do you have any issues with losing defensive end Frosty Rucker? None at all. All right. And now the other biggest defensive end free agent that we signed this offseason, uh, Josh Amaro. He's labeled as a pretty good run stopper. Uh, give me your grade and your thoughts on Josh Amario. Same grade, Arizona. C plus, depth player, probably practice squad, and losing Coney Ely does not hurt my feelings a bit. I love it how you added the words to me before I get to them. Saves us some time. Love it. Linebacker, Vontez, the enforcer. Perfect. Yeah, I'm going to give this one a B plus. Uh, I love it I, for all the reasons I said a few minutes ago. I think he adds a, a, a much needed dynamic to that linebacking core. And, you know, you're right, Mikey. I've been crying about us not having linebackers for however long. And the addition of him, the guy that we're going to talk about next to go along with Tier Whitehead, almost does the job to shore up our, our, our linebackers. So uh, I like that one a lot. So B-plus there. And losing Melvin, uh, I liked Melvin and was rooting for him. But, man, he kind of turned into a, a little bit of a whiner there, man. And that's not the Raider way. That's not going to ever fly with a coach like Don I, I, I didn't Gruden. put it on the field. I, I didn't do it for Raider Nation. I could have been better. Oh, my God. Sounds like Derek Carr in his, in his YouTube videos <laughs> last season. I could have did better. My read didn't lead me to that player. Shut up. Shut up. Own up to it and move on. Linebacker. Oh, give me the grade for Vontez. Yeah, B-plus on Vontez. Uh, Brandon Marshall. I'm going to give this one the same grade, a B-plus. You mentioned he's a, he's great in coverage, which we need. Uh, and and I think, that, you know, you had a veteran presence. You had leadership to that. You know, that's what you need, a linebacker, man. I think that he's – look, just knowing as much as I know about him being a Raider fan and how he's played against us when he was a freaking Bronco, like, yeah, absolutely. We, I'd, I'm glad he's on our team and not on theirs anymore. So, yeah, B-plus. I'll give both the linebackers in tandem. I'm going to give them an A just because we got linebackers – in case we don't draft one 
And him, them and Mark Kelly, I think they can get it done. Cornerback Nevin Lawson. Um, I forgot who he played with. It might have been the Detroit Lions or the Giants. I get him confused. I think it was the Lions. I think you, you got it right there. Yeah, so I don't know a ton about this guy. So I'm gonna we'll go with another solid C plus there. Again, I think that that's good. That's probably a depth spot because one of the guys we're gonna talk about later is gonna do a lot more of the slot coverage. Uh, and then with with Conley and Worley as your starting corners, uh, he's probably a fourth corner at best, if not like a fifth. So uh, yeah, so we'll just give him like a middle grade there. Yeah, Gruden said you need like at least five starting exactly. cornerbacks in today's NFL. So he he was a starter for Detroit. So, but he's going to uh, be competing with other starters, maybe even somebody we draft. So so we'll see kind of where he shakes out, you know. So we lost Rashawn Melvin, as you spoke about, and Leon Hall, the veteran. Uh, thoughts on losing Leon Hall? Leon Hall uh, has celebrated almost as many birthdays as I have, so I don't think we're uh, we're in any big loss there on Leon Hall. And a lot of these players are on one-year deals, um, so that proves yeah. that Ju- John Gruden is not afraid of a- another rebuild, technically, in 2020. Uh, safety Curtis Riley from the New York Giants. Yeah, another another guy that's going to give us some depth there. I don't think we're done at safety, so I think that he's, really? a, he's yeah, I think that he's another depth player. Uh, so we'll give him uh, we'll go do another another C plus there on those depth players. All right, we lost Marcus Grillcast, another player that was on a Gruden one year deal, if you will. Any thoughts about losing him? No, I mean he was he's a he was a nice player and he had some nice plays, um, but far from impact. And we need impact safeties, man. When you got the Chiefs on your schedule and the amount of weapons that they have, you got to have somebody that can have an impact in the secondary. And he didn't quite have uh, it. So, correct. Uh, and then the big free agent safety signing, Lamarcus Joyner. Yeah, from the Rams. I'm going to give this one an A. The only reason I don't give it an A plus is because he's a smidge undersized. But there's a lot of evidence in the past of undersized linebackers or linebackers, undersized safety still playing incredibly well in the league. Guys like Bob Sanders is who reminds me of. You go back and look at the old Indianapolis Colts uh, defenses. Man, Bob Sanders was almost, if not the entirety, the leader of that defense. Certainly with the tone setting of that defense. And to me, that's what Lamarcus Joyner is. Man, I think that he's a great player. And I think that he can, uh, that I like the part of his game that I like most is that he can come down low and cover. Like, do you think about like Tyron Matthew, like a player like that? So he can come down and cover the slot. So, he, because look, we got when you got again to bring up the Chiefs, he's not going to be like covering Kelsey. I mean, there's like a foot size difference between him and Kelsey. But when you look, the, the NFL is loaded with teams that bring guys like freaking Edelman down to play the slot. Well, there you go. Now you put LaMarcus Joyner on him and, and we're golden. So I, I think that that was a, an incredibly important move for the team. And because he's going to play down low, I'm not going to say a lot, but frequently more so than maybe what some other safeties do. That's why I think that we're not done at safety. And because here's the other thing, you're not going to have two undersized safeties starting. You're not going to have Carl Joseph and LaMarcus Joyner be your two. It's like the munchkin land back there, right? Like that you're was not the gonna, joke. Yeah, that was the joke. You know what I mean? So, you know, they got the lollipop kids back there. So you're not going to go entirely that way. So I think that we're not quite done. I think that maybe somebody like a Nazir Adderley, big safety out of Delaware, could be available to the Raiders late in the first round and second round. That's maybe somewhere that we'll, we'll go with that. Uh, but I, other than we that, represent the Raider Lollipop Jid, <laughs> the Raider Lollipop Jid, the Raider Lollipop Kids. I'm sorry, Reggie Nelson, maybe two years too late, but he's gone. Any thoughts on Reggie Nelson, who did lead the team in tackles 
every season he was a Raider. Which just means that the guys in front of him were getting open and catching the football before he arrived late to tackle them. So, uh, no, no no loss there. Well, obviously, there's a loss of a veteran presence there. Uh, and <coughs> as, as, a, as a leader and as a member of the team, he was a, a, a great guy. But as a player, I mean, look, it happens to everybody. Father Time is undefeated. And uh, we had the hashtag uh, on our show this year. It was cut the Nelsons. And sure enough, we did. Wow. Uh, a Super Bowl experience, Jordan Richards from the New England Patriots at safety. That's why I disagree with your opinion that we're not done at safety. Uh, I believe we got so many veteran safeties, at least on a one-year deal, that uh, I don't think they're going to draft one unless one is truly available at the position. But I think uh, that's what's going to happen. Jordan Richards, New England Patriots, yeah. veteran Super Bowl experience. Yeah, fair point. We'll give this one a uh, – we'll go B-minus on that one. We'll elevate that up from the in- entirety of, of being a depth position because I'm with you, uh, when, especially when you bring over, uh, you know, Super Bowl experience, man. That's a, that's a big deal. So I'm going to I'm gonna say that he's going to get a little more playing time uh, than maybe what, like, a Curtis Riley will. But but I don't know, man. I'm just throwing darts. I have no idea. So, uh, But I'll, I'll go B-minus on Jordan Richards. Yeah, and then in summary, uh, we didn't add basically – most of these players till the end of free agency, once their value dropped and they weren't getting picked up by teams, uh, John Gruden decided to hook Paul Gunther up. I mean, we got LaMarcus Joyner yeah. a little early, but everybody else came late. Like after the value dropped, they can get them on one-year deals. So um, pretty interesting. Give me your summary on defense. Do you like it? Give me a grade on defense as a whole. Yeah, I, I love it, man. I think there's a lot of work to do still. Um, so as f- terms of free agency, uh, I'll give it a, an overall a B plus. Um, but there's a lot of work to do still on defense. You know, we didn't, we ended up with perfect, but we didn't get CJ Mosley, right? We didn't, we got the LaMarcus Joyner, but not Landon Collins. Like there were some other big, huge, you know, some big names out there, huge impact players that didn't end up on our football team. So that's what keeps me from giving them an A, but because the draft, I mean, we got so much more to do. So we'll see how this thing all shakes out. But as of right now, man, I think, you know, the Raider Nation is is, is celebrating what this team did in the offseason. And so far, so good. C-plus from me only because we don't have no long-term players on that list a lot. So it seems like every year we're rebuilding in free agency. And there might not be a lot of consistency if they don't play well. And then if they play well, they're going to want more money in, in official free agency the year after show it, it's a little nerve wracking to say the least, but Hey, it is what it is. Let's go to offense. Uh, Demarne Pearson, who is from the AAF at wide receiver. Uh, I don't like it because I root for Rashard Davis. Cause he was kind enough to join us on our show. So uh, I'm going to give this one an F cause I don't want him competing with my good friend, Rashad. No. Rashard. Did Rashad Davis get picked up by any NFL team that you know of? A lot of players from the AAF did. Rashard Davis is a Raider. He's under contract right now. They signed oh, him. I'm sorry. They signed him to a futures reserve contract uh, in January one of this year. So no, he is a Raider. Uh, so I'm I'm rooting for him. So anybody that's got to compete with him, that's not uh, Antonio Brown, Tyler Williams, or JJ Nelson. Aside from those three guys, I'm rooting against all the rest of them because I want my buddy Rashard to be the fourth or fifth guy. <laughs> I got you. Did he play in the AAF or no? Rashard Davis? No. He he was a freaking Eagle man. He won a Super Bowl. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. Thank you for the knowledge. Yeah, man. Uh, what are your thoughts on Jordy Nelson getting the $3 million and then basically retiring? Yeah, that was weird. I think it, here's why, why I, uh, I think that happened. I don't think 
Gruden anticipated Antonio Brown falling in his lap. I don't think the Raiders, none of them expected that to happen. But then when it did, it's like, all right, Jordy. And, you know, I, I, I always liked Jordy as a player, but he just lost his step. When he got chased down by 55 for the Miami Dolphins uh, in that game earlier this year, you know what I mean? Remember, or not earlier this year, but last year. Yeah, you, you, that should have been a touchdown. Come on, man. Like, you know what I mean? We heard all in the offseason and training camp about, oh, Jordy hadn't lost a step, and Jordy's so fast, and Jordy's this, Jordy's that. And then he got chased down by a linebacker. Like, all right, dude, you lost a step, man. So appreciate your hands, but, you know, Father Time is undefeated. He, he was an unhappy Raider, uh, and then and, there's video yeah. footage of him constantly telling Derek Carr, I wish Aaron Rodgers was my quarterback still, or Aaron would have got me the ball or stuff like that. So he was an unhappy Raider. Then when they brought in Antonio, like you said, Jordy was like, eh, they don't need me anymore. I'm going to move on. Yeah. And so the Raiders released him. Antonio Brown, give me your thoughts on him as a signing and yeah, a great. I, I think I've detailed my thoughts about him so far already. So uh, A plus and uh, look forward to seeing what he's going to do in silver and black. Brandon LaFell, another one-year contract last season uh, for Gruden, who talked him up the, about his loss. How do you feel? He flashed at times, man. He was actually pretty pretty reliable wide receiver for Carr, but then he got hurt, right? And then now that wide receiver room is just way too crowded. So, yeah. Tyrell Williams to back up Antonio Brown. Tyrell Williams is the new Juju Smith-Schuster. <laughs> For Antonio Brown, he's going to get a lot of yardage and all that. Tyro, if Derek Carr throws him the ball. Tyrell Williams is big. He's fast. And when you look at his stats, the year that Keenan Allen went down, when the Chargers had uh, Tyrell Williams as their featured <laughs> receiver, he had, I forget how many yards, it was well over 1,000 yards and performed like a number one wideout. So he's got the capability to. It gives us a big body to target in the end zone. Uh, so those jump balls that Carr likes to throw, well, now you got a guy because when Crabtree left, he didn't have a they guy. They got that a he guy. Could, they, got, hey, they got a guy. Hey, they got a guy. They got a guy. So I like this guy. Give me a great. Hey. All right. Uh, I'm going to call him Ty Wu this entire season just to mess with Antonio Brown. I'm going to be like, that's Ty Wu. That's Ty Wu. I don't know. I thought that was funny. Uh, Martavius Bryant, will he come back? I know he's on reserve where he can't play right now, but I don't know. Do you see a return? And what are your thoughts on losing, I guess, Martavius Bryant? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I we lost him for the wrong reasons, right? So I hope first and foremost he gets his life together in terms of any substance issues or any of that kind of stuff as a human being. The I white do, tiger. Yeah, the white tiger. But as a human being, I root for him first and foremost. And then if his football life can can complement that, then then good. Uh, and then if it does, if he's got the rest of his life figured out, then he's going to be a you know all uh, uh, evidence is that he's a pretty good football player. So if there's room for him on the football team, uh, then sure. But again, the wide receiver room is getting a little crowded, and and we don't have time right now for people with uh, you know outside issues. So again, wish him luck. But you know he's not a member of the team anymore. That's at least not in uniform on a regular basis. I know we have the rights to him or whatever, but no, I don't think it's that big of a deal. No, he's actually a free agent, but he's on the commissioner's whatever list where but don't we they still, have to reinstate him. But if he does, don't no. we still have the rights to his contract? Or am I wrong? You might be correct. I thought he was a free agent, know. but hey, you know. Either way, we'll whatever. Again, we got, we're set now. We don't need him. It's, no, it's not last year anymore. You know what I mean? We don't All need right. him anymore. We replaced a Nelson with J.J. Nelson, who will take over, I believe. He'll try punt returns and kick returns, and maybe they'll try him at the slot. Your thoughts on J.J. Nelson? 
I like this one a lot too. I'm going to give this one a B plus. And this is a guy that can blow the top off of a defense too. And so when you got threats like Antonio Brown and Tyrell Williams, this is the kind of guy that's going to get singled up and he's got the wheels, man, to just, I mean, burn somebody in the secondary. Uh, so put him on a nine route, let Derek throw it up there and let him go get it, man. I think this is what an awesome compliment. Like when you look at the way that this, the skill sets now are aligned with what Brown does, what Williams does, what Nelson does, like there's no repetitive, uh nature there you know what i mean they all do three different things pretty much very well so they're very complementary of, of one another so i think that's a perfect uh you, you know setup there for your your top three guys i love it man so yeah I give him a yeah I, I would agree i think tyrell takes the top off nelson takes the top off and then antonio brown can work the middle or possibly hopefully take the top off and get open and then ryan grant is possibly the slot slot wide receiver and Al, you know we'll talk about Al that. Al Davis is freaking you know doing the Macarena in his grave, man. He is happy, happy, happy that we have this one. I mean, you know, I'm telling you, man. <laughs> I don't know why I said Macarena, but you know what I'm saying, though, man. You know, this is like a freaking Raider fan dream right here. I can't wait to play these guys in Madden. Holy cow, dude! Everybody, just everybody, just all go all streaks just everybody go in a straight line i'm gonna drop back roll out and just chuck it all right let's just quickly talk about jared cook i'm gonna miss the guy i thought he was a he created chemistry with him and Derek Carr. i'm gonna miss him i don't know why they didn't resign him they could have got him for seven and a half i felt like that would have been a deal to stay with the raiders but your thoughts on jared cook yeah i think that it was it was it was potential there for us to have him but with the two uh iowa tight ends in the draft and then also darren waller talk speaking of big fast guys darren waller who is already on our roster as a tight end is like six seven and runs like a four four like the dude is up you know so and he's got reliable hands for uh at least what little that we saw of him last year so you know maybe the raiders realize that they've got a you know, uh, uh, an emerging superstar in, in somebody like Waller. So they were willing to let Cook go for the big money, you know, and then plus running back Isaiah Crowell. Sorry, I'm cutting you off. No, but. good. Please do it. Yeah, because I know we got to get going. I like Isaiah Crowell a lot. He's 26 years old, uh, runs with some power, and I think this spells the end of most Marshawn. likely DeAndre Washington and probably Marshawn Lynch, too. Correct. Uh, losing Doug Martin, you think they might re come back at doug martin after the draft nah dougie fresh is gone i think that he was he, he did well man it was nice to see him but i think that he's just a little too old now and we got we got too many other things going on now running back especially with, with richard resigning now richard's a lock correct same question for marshawn lynch man your thoughts on marshawn i wish he would have got the swan song that he deserved to, to say goodbye to oakland in one last season i don't know if he's going to get that opportunity or not i still hope for it but again signing crowell man i just there's not a lot of room there we'll see what's the grade for crowell crowell man that's a good one man i think that's a quiet good one i'm going to give that one a an a minus yeah i like that one too uh, Trent Brown, the highest paid player in the NFL. And uh, is he left tackle or right tackle? But give me a grade. Let's start. Well, it's the big show. It's the big, the big bad show, show tonight. tonight. So I think Trent Brown is going to be one of those. Like, remember when Big Show first started coming around? He was like, he's like six eight, three hundred pounds. And by the time that he retired, he was like, he's seven foot four, five hundred pounds. He's the largest human being to ever walk the face of the earth. You know what I mean? I think that's what Trent Brown is going to be. He's going to continually just get bigger and bigger as we go on. So uh, 
uh, man, I think you don't sign a guy like that and pay him all that money to have him not be left tackle. So I think that that means that our our our, our buddy Colton Miller kicks out to the right, um, and uh, you know, and I don't know what happens from there because we need guards. But you ask for a grade on these things, give me an A plus on that one, man. I love the idea of us having a young, big, uh, you know, championship left tackle to protect Derek Carr for the entirety of the rest of his Raider career. All right, so there you go. You spoke about the the missing guard, and we don't know who's really going to play there for Kelechio Semele. Your thoughts on losing KO? Uh, KO just got a little too expensive, a little too late in his career, and you know they had one too many whiffs last year. I think that some of it was was injury driven, and I wish him the best because I loved him as a Raider. He was a great Raider. He fit the mold of what we love about uh, our team being scrappy and and uh, and you know the attitude that he brought to the line, but. You know, you got to move on. And so I think they're going to draft a guard. There's a lot of good guards in this draft. So, Yeah, that's interesting, man. Um, we're going to talk about that in a second. Uh, offensive lineman Jordan Davi, I forget where he's from. He might have been the Cardinals as well or the Giants, but he might be the replacement for KO, but he is a veteran. Um, so what are your thoughts on Jordan Davi and a great? Yeah, I'll give him a C-plus there. I think that's a depth move there. All right, losing Donald Penn officially. Uh, <laughs> your thoughts on the big Donald Penn, you know, unfortunately I'm only going to ever remember Donald Penn. Well, not only, but for the most part, when I think of Donald Penn, the first thing that comes into my mind is Trent Cole going by him and sacking Derek Carr and breaking his leg. And unfortunately the only sack that Donald Penn gave up all year long, but it cost us a playoff run. And, you know, uh, Donald Penn fought fans. He held out. He did all kinds of funky stuff in his in his Raider career. Uh, started- and it all started the minute Marshawn showed up and they teamed up. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, it, Did I touch that? But he just, he, um, you know, father time is undefeated, man. Like, that's that's the bottom line to a lot of these moves is that players get old. You know what I mean? You can't you can't perform like you did at twenty uh, thirty seven, like you did at twenty seven. You know, I mean, it's just it's a did you see the story of of Donald Penn doing an interview I and exposing Marshawn Lynch, and then he said that Marshawn held him accountable and got revenge. Yeah, you know, for what Marshawn or Donald Penn did. Mar- Do you think Donald Penn might have got revenge against Derek Carr for possibly stating, "I only kneel for God and not kneeling"? I don't know. It's it's interesting. No, they hand in hand. No, I don't think any. You of that. said that he let him get by him on that sack. I, he didn't let anybody get by him, and that was no. He he whiffed on the. Oh, it was, that was the injury game. You're talking. That was the injury about. game. Yeah, no, I don't uh, think he ever intentionally let his quarterback get sacked. No, I don't. I think he got beat on one play for the one time the all year long he got beat. But unfortunately, that that one was the one that broke Derek Carr's leg. Uh, in terms of the the Marshawn thing, I went back and found that play and watched it. And look, Marshawn does because Donald Penn tells the story that Marshawn had green grass, but instead he came up and ran up behind Donald Penn and said, "See, I, I told you I was going to knock your ass over." And everybody went, "Oh, Marshawn gave up yards and didn't take the green grass just so he could prove a point." And that's that's a dysfunction. The, that's the dysfunction of the team and blah blah blah. It wasn't like he had freaking like endless green grass to to a freaking touchdown it was it was going to be forced out of bounds and there was a safety coming over that way anyways and then frankly when you look at it he ends up converting the first down and probably still gets more yards by knocking Donald what game is it? big I ass out of the way. i don't remember i'll have to go back but i found it i'll send you a link to it but it's not this crazy conspiracy thing that that people like to make that people got <laughs> too much time on their hands me. they need to get the football season needs to start because that's when all this stuff goes away all these silly stories yeah uh real quickly in the washington game you know with the controversy 
Donald Penn gives or the man beats Donald Penn on the first three plays. I don't know. You can read into that what you will. Watch that game again. Um, all right, let's move on to the quarterbacks that are replacing Derek Carr. <laughs> Mike Glennon yeah, yeah. and Landry Jones. Give me your grades and your thoughts on the veteran quarterbacks you brought in. You see this neck, Mikey? Yeah. That's a that's a that's a B plus neck that I got here. Mike Glennon's got an A plus neck. So on neck alone, uh, I think that we've definitely upgraded. That guy looks like a freaking giraffe. I thought this was proof of these veteran signings. May, you know, they're maybe not Rich Gannon or to replace Carr, but they're there for veteran leadership, and John Gruden likes resurrecting quarterbacks from the past, and he brought in these people, and I think that just proves they're not really trying to draft a quarterback. Landry Jones. Yeah, same, same. Exact same thing you just described as exactly what you're going to get with Landry Jones. Yep, rounds out the room, shortens the learning Antonio curve. Antonio Brown. There you go, connection he, he, there, absolutely. He Maybe he can control Antonio a little bit. I don't know. Or teach Derek Carr how to deal with Antonio. You know, the coaches only get so much time with the players, but there is no rules in terms of player-to-player interaction. And the more players that you can bring in that can help share and teach and coach the staff's message, that's why you do this kind of stuff. That's why Reggie Nelson hung on for so long because he was there for more than just football reasons in terms of play on the field. And that's what you get with these kind of guys. So absolutely rounds out the quarterback room and it's a good move. What are the, you give them both a A's. Yeah. Well, they're not A's, right? Cause it's not, you know, it's not a for, for veteran backup. It's I would not give Cam them Newton and Russell Wilson here. It's not, I mean, you know what I mean? So, uh, but Luke I'll give Mongo, it, but you will give them B's. How about that? All right, losing Mongo. Yeah, you, know, you know, I never liked Mongo as a as a center, obviously, because he used to snap the ball over people's heads. But as a guard, I thought he did great as a fill in. But he's not a starter, though. So, um, you know, uh, it's it's it it hurts a little bit because it definitely loses some depth. But we're getting ready to draft all that depth, so I don't think it hurts us that bad in the long run. All right, Ryan Grant grade, and then losing quarterback McCarron. Losing McCarron, no big deal. Uh, Grant. Uh, is going to compete with my buddy Rashard Davis, so that's an F. Uh, Luke Wilson signing. Um, <laughs> we've already got 900 tight ends, so even when we lost, even losing Cook, so uh, you know, I don't know. That's okay. I, another veteran guy. You know, they love them. Some veteran tight ends, right? I give us an A plus on offense. I think we upgraded completely, wholeheartedly at every position, except maybe tight end with Luke Wilson, but um. I still think we upgraded. I give it an A plus in total on offense. What about you on offense? Uh, yeah, this one's a slam dunk. This is just just on the three wide receivers alone. They get an A plus. Final grade of complete free agency for the Raiders. I give us an A. I loved it, and I want more of it. Yeah, I'm gonna go A minus just because I think that defensively we have some gaping holes still. But uh, in terms of free agency, we didn't address, and we're gonna address them in the draft, which we're gonna talk about in a minute. But since it wasn't drafted entirely in free agency, I'll just give them a little knock there. So A minus. All right, these are my team needs for the Raiders on screen. The top three. I will ask Murph his in a second, but I truly think the Raiders at number one need a defensive end in this draft, definitely or in general as a team. And I got running back above cornerback uh, because I just still see these young running backs of today building a chemistry with Antonio Brown or Derek Carr and being a stud running back. So I got running back above cornerback. Uh, What are your top three needs from your perspective going into this draft? 
Well, you could put edge rusher across there for all three of those needs because, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's that's where this draft is going to start and stop, I think, for us. And hopefully it's Josh Allen walking across that 200-yard stage there in Nashville. Uh, so I think that's definitely the big one. My next two are not necessarily in this order, but we have a spot. We have a hole at guard. Man, we need inside linemen. We need interior linemen now. And, uh, you know, there are some good ones in this draft. Chris Lindstrom is a guy that I've talked a lot about out of Boston College who I saw down uh, at the Senior Bowl play live. Great player there. We're going to have an opportunity to have a shot at. But there are others as well. So I think that the inside of the offensive line and, you know. Think they'll draft an offensive lineman in the first, uh, let's say, four rounds? Oh yeah, I definitely think really? that's on the board. Yeah, I, I definitely think that's on the board. I mean, look at we, we're gonna, we're only a couple of mo- at this point now. Depending on, and I don't know how Parker's gonna kind of fit into it, and we'll see whatever because we got some moving pieces. But we're only one or two moves away from having an outstanding offensive line once again. This time though, they're all gonna be young. And that's the big difference is that last time they were all great. They were older guys this time they're other than Hudson. They're going to be young. So I think that we're only one or two moves away there. So I think we're in good shape there. And, and guard is definitely going to come into play. And then for my last one though, and not, again, not necessarily in this order, it could be second or third, but I'm going to change that C to a D and just say defensive back because in the way that, that the, the, the uh, defenses are played nowadays with these hybrid type safeties playing Safety. like, like Jordan, or like LaMarcus Joyner, where they kind of do multiple things. Heck, some of them down and play almost like a linebacker. You know what I mean? So I think defensive back is huge. I think in today's NFL, the way that the passing games are, and especially with a team like the Chiefs in our division, you can't have enough guys that cover. So we've got to address more defensive back help. Even though I like Worley and Conley as our one and two, I think you got to have more depth than that. We've got to have more depth at safety. And so the, keep them defensive backs coming. And then plus those guys make great special teamers too, which we're Rich Basaki loves. So I, I think that def, definitely keep those those guys coming in and this is a defense heavy draft so what do you do you you draft defense you just you you play into the strength of the the draft and so i I think those are the big three all right at position um give me the first let's call it the first four draft picks by position not by name we'll get into the mock draft in a minute but like you think in the first round with the first pick or or you know the top three picks they'll get a defensive end or two defensive ends or what do you think well, I think that we're going to go defensive end, defensive back, and then offensive line. I, I'm not, I'm just, this is just Murph fan theory. I don't know anything. Give me the fourth pick, too, because the second round is like the first round. It's kind of right in the beginning. Oh, gosh. You know, so you think defensive end, uh, yeah. corner, defensive back, and offensive line? I don't lineman. know how you not you think go running back? back to defense again. Uh, running back or even tight end, maybe. Like, yeah. I, I, I think if, 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 Fant or the other guy, I always forget his name. If one of the two, there, Hawkinson, Hawkinson. If one of those two guys is still around, I don't. And that's best player on the board, and you do have a need, even despite everything I said about Darren Waller, and they may like him and all that. That you know, I think that that may happen, and I'm definitely sold on again. Just just Murph fan theory here. I, I you know, Mayock loves him some offensive linemen. So does Gruden, and we know Tom Cable clearly does, obviously, because he's the offensive line coach and has and has the ear of Gruden. I think that we're going to draft an offensive lineman. I don't think he's going to be in the first two picks, but don't be surprised if we don't get out of the first. I th- let me say this: the first, the first offensive, pitch. the first offensive player for the Raiders taken in the draft will be a lineman. I'm going to go out on that limb. If they do that, man, what everybody's going to look back at Colton Miller 
Uh, and they're going to question a lot of Gruden's decision on the offensive line yeah, if that happens. Yeah, but you know what? That's what everybody did to the Dallas Cowboys, too, just a few years ago. And now look, now they have the best offensive line in all of football and have for a while and are going to for the next foreseeable future. And everybody gave that team a lot of crap for drafting all those linemen. But look at now what it's produced. And so if the Raiders start drafting a bunch of linemen, I'm not going to get mad at them, man, because you got to have that. You don't get Ezekiel L yet without those big five guys in front of him right so it, look we've and we've got it we don't get Dak Prescott you got to got to protect and you got to move the ball off the line of scrimmage and you don't do that without you know big time offensive linemen and so I, I wouldn't be mad at the Raiders for doing that a bit yeah I, I see within the first four picks at position I say two defensive linemen whether it be defensive end or defensive tackle I also see a running back and I'm gonna go with you I see an offensive lineman you know, in and the, the first four picks. And the other side of that too, Mikey, also is that, and this will fit into to guys that have the conspiracy theory about the money, is that there's good value to draft an offensive lineman up high. You know what I mean? We've already got a Same left tackle. A quarterback, you get him for three or four years on a cheap deal. Absolutely. And then even when their deal is up, they're affordable. When you're drafting a right tackle or a guard or whatever, they're not that expensive. When you draft a defensive end, they want $90 million guaranteed four years later, right? You know what I'm saying? So, like, it's a big... Hello, Khalil Mack. That's what I'm saying. So there's good value to draft offensive linemen up high. And if I know that, and you know that, you freaking sure as heck know that Mike Mayock and John Gruden know that. My proverbial me knows it. Trust me. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's go into some mock drafts. We, we had the pleasure of going on draftnetwork.com. I don't like their algorithm program, truthfully. I'll be honest with you. But this is my final 3.0 mock draft of all seven rounds for the Raiders. Then we'll get into Murphs next. But I went with Josh Allen at edge rusher out of Kentucky at number four. Greedy Williams, because it's a need of cornerback on our team at 24, he was available. Josh Jacobs, running back, top running back was available. Then at 35, I paired him up with a tight end per our needs, and they're both from Alabama. They both know how to play with each other and block for each other. Uh, so I figured that was a no-brainer for the Raiders. I also went with Jalen Ferguson to complement our edge rushing at 106 uh, out of a small school. Then Malik Grant, there you go. I went with a safety as a hybrid out of Marshall, a small school. Then to round out the draft, I don't know why I did this, but I think it's a possibility we picked up a wide receiver out of Auburn and then Jared Stidham, one of the seven or eight ranked quarterbacks, according to the experts, was available. And I said, Gruden might want to mess with their car just a little bit and have media attention, bringing in a wide receiver and a quarterback from Auburn. You know, they have a chemistry. What are your thoughts on my picks? Do you agree? Do you not like? What do you think? Well, I, I love your picks. I think it's great. I think Allen. You Will better. Allen Williams and Jas Jacobs, man. I don't see Jacobs going that far, uh, but I, I love it. Really? I think, yeah, he's good, man. He's really freaking good. Um, so, uh, but I love it, man. If that, I, I don't, 
hate on this a bit. I, if this was the way that the Raiders draft went down, I'd be tickled. Um, and, uh, and and so I think it's I love the fact you you pulled Stidham there at the end. I watched uh, Stidham interview with some of the uh, the the Philly uh, coaches when I was down there at the Senior Bowl, and uh, you know so I know that Gruden loves the guys that he that he coached in the Senior Bowl. So he saw him firsthand. So it wouldn't surprise me a bit uh, to see him. Play. And that's the kind of move the Raiders are going to make. Are the Raiders going to draft a quarterback in this draft? Probably. I don't know. Yeah, but it's going to be like this. It's not going to be in the first three rounds. It's going to be down here. Somebody that they can bring in and develop and all that kind of stuff. And, and somebody like Landry Jones will end up just being a camp arm. You know what I mean? And then that whoever they draft will be the third QB. That'll, that's a very likely scenario. So I loved your draft. I thought it was great. Yeah, the reason why I didn't like their algorithm, because again, players like Josh Jacobs were going so dang early and quarterbacks like Kyler Murray weren't even drafted till the second round, according to yeah, the, these type happen. of sheets. So, you know, I didn't like he'll, it. For he'll that. be a Raider if he goes last to the second round. The Raiders That's will draft. Yeah, they will draft Kyler Murray if he's in the second round. I couldn't believe Jared Stidham was available in the seventh. I'm yeah. like, you know what? I'm just going to do it for fun. Because <laughs> Gruden will draft a Jared Stidham who we worked with at the Senior Bowl or met or whatever in the seventh round just to mess things up. <laughs> so there it is. All right, let's get into Murph. You talk about your draft. So uh, let me preface my draft by saying this, that I, I don't think this will happen because, I, I, look, if, if I think the Raiders are going to trade out of that spot, unless it's somebody like Josh Allen. Now, if Josh Allen's the man and Josh Allen is there at four, then, then I, I think it's a move for the Raiders. But if, if for some reason that, you know, Kyler Murray is not taken, and Josh Allen and Nick Bosa, not Nick Bosa. Joe, yeah, Nick, Joey. I don't even mix them up. Nick. Nick. Okay. So if Josh, uh, so Quentin Williams is 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 taken, right? I I I don't think they're going to draft Kyler Murray at number four. I think that's a trade out. So I think that it's very possible, like what you said earlier, where the Raiders pick up an extra pick and move down in the draft. I think that's the most likely of the scenario. I don't think that we're going to pick at number four, but. If we did, and according to this, then that's the guy. Like, Josh Allen is the guy that we all want, that I think that we all need. And you mentioned in the algorithm that it did some funky things. Well, Cleveland Farrell was there at number 24, and you're not going to let a player like that go uh, if he's still on the board at 24 and all those issues that we have with pass rush now all of a sudden get fixed because you got those two guys coming off the edges along with, with Arden Key. I mean, I'd be in pretty pretty good shape there with those three guys rushing the quarterback. Uh, then Adderley, I mentioned defensive back is a need, uh, and then there he was at uh, at twenty seven. Now here I got done saying just a couple minutes ago about all the, the how I think the Raiders are going to draft an offensive lineman, but I didn't take an offensive lineman until one oh six. But because the, you're talking about these players that were still there, it's hard to not draft. And Penn State, they went to Penn State. Uh, Tom Cable did, and. He- they worked out a lot of players from Penn State. That guy, I kid you not. that guy's not Connor McGovern is not going to last that long. He's not going to be. But neither is Rocky Sin. Like Rocky Sin, and again, another player. John I want B- a player named Rocky. I, I right. want a player yeah, named man. Rocky. Heck yeah. We will, we will, Rocky, <laughs> Rocky. Oh my! And his his last name is Sin. Yeah, Sin Sin. Like it's, I'm telling you, the symmetry is too much. It, they can't resist. <laughs> And, and Gruden coached him at the Super Bowl. Like, that guy's no way he's going to be around. At, at, but if he is, the Raiders will probably take him. But anyways, and then Keyshawn Johnson, uh, Fresno State for our Fresno State quarterback. Uh, Elijah Hollyfield, just because I love boxing. And then Austin Bryant, because he went to Clemson, and that's why. 
Yeah, and the reason I circled it is because Fresno State, the connection maybe with Derek Carr, and he would love to have a young player to, you know, to have on his team. And then in a weird way, Gruden did not like Keyshawn Johnson from Tampa Bay, and this way he can make a Keyshawn Johnson a star player under Gruden. Keyshawn 2.0, buddy. Keyshawn 2.0. And then Clemson, the both edge rushers from Clemson. So they have a chemistry. They know how to work together. And maybe they'll bring that Clemson defense edge rushing ability to the Raiders. So I truly enjoyed your draft. Um, That's that's why I circled those players. Well, you know, when you're very interesting, when you watch a national championship games, it's like you look at these guys and you're like, all right, any of those guys could be Raiders. When you're watching the defenses of Alabama and Clemson, it's like, all right, just give us all those guys, please. Yeah. And then in the late rounds, you know, for players that are considered bust most of the time, or they don't make NFL rosters, you might as well pick players in the late rounds from big schools that had good competition because they might at least become backup depth, if not a starter, because they had better competition. That's why you see so many SEC players in the NFL, man, because that's where the best players are. I mean, not that there's not other good teams in, in other conferences, but there's a higher concentration of good players and depth in the SEC. And so you're absolutely right. If you're going to take a, a flyer on a guy, you're going to take a flyer on a guy from Alabama and not a flyer on a guy from Utah. One, All right. There's three questions on board. Is Derek Carr in the hot seat? Will Drew Gruden draft a quarterback? And will Gruden trade up or down or even a player? I think we kind of answered these already. Yeah, yes, he's on the hot seat, but not on the hot seat. Like I think there's pressure on him to perform, but I don't think that it's unnecessary or undue pressure. Like he's got, you know, going to be necessarily playing for his his long term job as long as he goes out there and beats Derek Carr and with the people that he's got around him this year, he's going to be just fine. Will they draft a QB? Yes, but it will be late. Uh, and will they move up or down? Yeah, they're going to move down. If, 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 if the draft works out to where somebody like Allen isn't available at four, I think it's entirely possible and a likely scenario that the Raiders move down. Yeah, the reason I have Jack Del Rio in that picture is because Jack Del Rio said Derek Carr is not on the hot seat, according to him, but with Gruden he is. And then Jack Del Rio also spoke and said Gruden will draft a quarterback because he loves him. And then he also said the Raiders will trade up in the draft. He said, Jack Del Rio said the Raiders and Gruden will trade up for a player. I didn't understand that. They will trade down to get more draft picks. And Jack Del Rio also spoke that the Raiders could trade Derek Carr during the draft. So it's pretty interesting. I I don't think it'll happen, but I just wanted to speak on that. Derek Carr is definitely in the hot seat. Uh, Will Gruden draft a quarterback? I don't think he will. Will he trade up? No way, unless it's for a player in the third or fifth round and he only moves up a couple of spots. Uh, Will he trade down in the first round? I believe he will from four to seven or eight or nine for letting another team get a quarterback. Will he trade a player, a Raider player, during the draft? No. (laughs) There it is. All right. I made Raider recipes every year. Uh, I don't. I couldn't find the videos. I don't know what happened to them. But in 2012, I made a thing called Raider ribs with silver and black sauce, which is a pepper-based sauce. Nice. All these all these recipes are Raider related. Then in 2012, I made Tim Brown touchdown wings 
with four different flavors. Nice. Then in um, 2015, with Derek Carr coming to the team, I made Derek Carr Nitas. I like it. Those are in my fat days. I'm a lot healthier now. Trust me. I'm when I'm looking at these pictures now. I'm like, that's fantastic. But I remember how I feel after. <laughs> then in 2015, I made Jack Del Rio Grande. Remember when everybody said he had big balls <laughs> yeah. to go for it at the end of the yeah, Saints yeah. game? <laughs> Jack Del Rio Grande balls, wet burrito. Because <laughs> it's like a Del Rio burrito. I don't know. Then in Reggie, when he was red hot during that playoff season, uh, Reggie Mac and Cheesy with red hot sausages. All right. Then I made the Beast Mode Burger. It was disgusting. Nice. It, it, it had Skittles inside it, like literally. Oh, no, yeah. that's not good. Yeah, I'm, I'm crazy. That's my 320-pound fat days. But it was a fun video. I was a fun guy. I added mushrooms to it, so I'm hey a fun guy. hey oh, but the Beast Mode Burger. So give me your go-to Raider recipe snack for this year or the draft. Uh, well, since we're going to be at the Bavarian Beer House on Saturday uh, doing our live stream, I guess I got to go with the, the, the brats and, and beer uh, angle and, and even Bavarian pretzels. We went and uh, we kind of had a test run this, this last week. We went to the place to not only check out what our spot was, and we'd been there before, but just to kind of confirm everything and, and sat down and had lunch. And they have like these big giant like potato pancakes. They have Bavarian pre- When I say Bavarian pretzel, I mean like it's, let me get my camera here. Yeah. It's like that. It's huge. Huge, man. It's massive and it's got this like homemade like honey mustard dipping sauce and beer cheese. Like my pe- oh my gosh, let me write down that timestamp so I can bleep that later. <laughs> uh, so so uh it's it was it's it's I'll never think of beer cheese the same ever again. Thank you, Mikey. But it was it's amazing. So and and then just uh you know, fish and chips and like again the, the sausages uh, it's it's gonna be incredible. So I'm gonna go. That's we're gonna have and not that like Germany has anything to do with the Raiders at all. You gotta give them Raider names though, like Janikowski sausage, Polish sausage. Or something like that. There you go. Why not? Why not? But yeah, it's this place is amazing. It's like a a big giant, like an Oktoberfest, like a Hofbrau house. And uh, and they were just kind enough to uh, to let us have the spot. And it's a really big gathering place in a really busy area, so it's going to be perfect for what we're doing. Um, and uh, how about so you have a contest for maybe one of the books where you have one of the fans that came down for your show give one of the meals at that Bavarian brewery uh, a Raider I name. I like it. Very good idea. I like it. Call it the Murph Burger or the Murph <laughs> Sausage or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, the Murfer Schnitzel. I think that'll be fun. All right. You got any bold predictions for this draft? Like really bold. Something wow. people wouldn't expect for well, the entire draft and the Raiders, maybe. Well, I'm kind of uh I'm kind of out there a little bit already by saying that the first player, <laughs> offensive player taken for the team will be uh, an offensive lineman. So just because this is a bold prediction segment, I'll go ahead and up the ante a little bit more and say that uh, he will come, the, the offensive lineman will be the second pick in the Raiders' first round. How about that? At number 24. 24. So they'll go offensive lineman there. That would, I'm telling you, it would not shock me if we drafted an offensive lineman that high. Any bold predictions for the entire draft? Any other team, whatever? Wow, that's a uh, you, gosh! I hadn't even thought of that in terms of other teams that I'm so Raider focused, man. Um, I'll let you think. I'll, I'll yeah, you give, give us yours. Let me think about it for a minute. 
All right. In terms of the entire NFL, my bold prediction is that um, Josh Rosen is traded 30 minutes before the draft, and we'll find out that Kyler Murray will officially be the Arizona Cardinals' first pick in the draft, and Josh Rosen will go to either the Dolphins, the Giants, or the Jaguars in, in, in a trade somehow, and Kyler Murray will be picked with the first pick. And my Raider bold prediction is – this is kind of bold for my for 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 my opinion. Um, Raiders draft Drew Locke with the third pick of the draft. I don't know why I'm throwing that out there. It's scary to think about, but I'm saying the Raiders draft Drew Locke before the Patriots could possibly get him at the end of the first round at 27. And I don't know. That might be a little pun toward the Patriots getting a quarterback for the future, but that's kind of a bold prediction. Even though I don't see them drafting a quarterback, I just that's a bold prediction. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, I like that. I can't make any. I, I'm not good at these kind of things, so I'm just going to defer to you. Yours are good. Because he'll draft Drew Locke and then trade him to the Patriots and get four more picks. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe that's his strategy, like yeah. the movie Draft Day. <laughs> you never know, man. would not surprise me. Things are going to move around a lot. That's the How about that? That would be my bold prediction, is that we're going to see a lot of movement. You touched on the Josh Rosen thing. I definitely think that's in play. Uh, you know, not, not necessarily for the Jaguars, because they signed Nick Foles, uh, but what, what does that mean for the Giants? Uh, you know what I mean? Do, do they do they do they bring in Josh Rosen to compete with Eli Manning? Like I think there's a lot of those kinds of moving parts that could be going on in this draft. Absolutely. How, how about the Raiders draft DK Metcalf at like 24? Then we trade Antonio Brown back to the Steelers, and then we get our third and fifth round back, and we all keep the first rounders or whatever we got. I don't know. That's kind of interesting. How about this? My bold prediction is that Uncle Mosh eats more than four sausages on Saturday at, at the uh, Bavarian Beer House. I love it. I love it. All right. It's time for the fun segment. Uh, you thought we were going to do Raider football music lyrics, but I'm going to test your knowledge of the autumn wind. I want you to say it word for word from the top of your dome right now, the autumn wind poem. Now, wait a minute. Now, hold on. And I'm only stalling because the music doesn't sync up with me to what goes on in the video. So it's no, gonna you're just from your knowledge, just say the autumn wind poem. Oh my gosh. Okay. Uh, I know you thought it was going to be music, I know. but hold that on. has hold nothing. On. That was a ploy. I tricked you. Okay. I didn't want you to study the autumn wind. That's why I didn't put it in the script. I didn't want you to study it. You can't stop looking it up on your no, phone. No, 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 look, no, I'm, I'm just, I'm just, no, I'm just thinking I'm look. I'll, I'll stare here and there and think, hold on. There's my hands. Um, I'm just trying to think the of autumn how- wind. That's how it starts. The autumn wind is a Raider blustering in from sea with a rollicking song. He sweeps along staggering boisterously. His hair is wait. His, his hat is weather beaten. He wears a hooded sash with a bristling. Oh gosh. With a bristling about his head. No, wait with a, Ah, something, a rustling black mustache. No, it's a pirate. It's not the autumn wind is a rate. The autumn wind is a pirate blustering in from sea. That's what it starts on. <laughs> I love watching you. Rolling song. His hair is with his hair. His hair is with beating. Where's the hooded sash? The blistering head of brass, the blistering black mustache. He growls as he storms the country, a villain big and bold. And the trees all shake and quiver and quake as he robs them of their gold. For the autumn wind is a, a raider pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. Did I get it? I mean, well, there's no proof. You had a few mistakes, but uh, I just wanted to see you struggle. <laughs> and there it is on the screen. 
I just wanted to see you struggle. I just thought it would be hilarious. Hold on, wait. Right. Blizzard from Rolling Song sweeps along, swaggering boisterously. His face is weather beaten. That's what I missed. His face. There it is. Uh, let's say it together, if you don't mind. Just maybe we can use this clip in the future. We'll do it on the count of three. One, two, three. The, the autumn, autumn wind, wind is a pirate. pirate blustering blustering in, in from she. With, with a, a rollicking song. Hey, we'll do we'll do it line by line yeah, because see, it's cutting us off. Yeah, I know. Right, I'll we start. You go. On the count of three, we'll do it line by line. One, two, three. The autumn wind is a pirate. Blustering in from sea. With a rollicking song. He sweeps along. Swaggering boisterously. His face is weathered beaten. He wears a hooded sash. With a silver hat about his head. And a bristling black mustache. He growls as he storms the country. He's Antonio Brown, a, big, a villain, big and bold. And the trees all shake. And quiver and quake. As he robs them of their gold. The autumn wind is a radar. Pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down. And laugh when he's conquered and won. You have to know this poem, everybody. Okay, you guys can use that clip for your autumn wind videos because their Raider vision and um, Raider's voice and a bunch of other Raider video makers are making multiple videos of Raider fans and Raider video makers saying the autumn wind line by line in their videos. Any of you are free to use me and Murph, I'm sure, saying the autumn wind for your videos in the future. Cool, man. I was, gosh, getting put on the spot, man. It's like somebody tells you, like, say a national anthem. And you're like, oh, like you just say something that you just know, but you get put on the spot and it's hard to think of it. Took me a minute. That was yeah. good, Mikey. Don't apologize for yourself, brother. You made a mistake. Now own up to it. I, no, I got it. I know you did. I got you it. Did. No, I got Trust it. Trust me. It just took a if second. If I would have failed to, I, I would have failed to, but I put it. you on the spot, brother. I had to think about it, man. That was good. All right. Your favorite draft moment that you could ever remember watching or witnessing or whatever. Do you uh, have one? Yeah, I don't remember what year it was, but the year we drafted Rolando McLean. Um, me and Uncle Mosh and my brother and some other friends of ours went to a Buffalo Wild Wings to watch the draft and they did uh, trivia, you know, like a contest kind of thing during the draft. Like every few picks, they had a, a, a trivia question and we went undefeated and won it. And that was pretty <coughs> fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was pretty cool. So the, I forget how many questions there ended up being like 25 or something like that. And uh, we got every single one of them right. And we won the thing and we won like a bunch of shirts and like a gift pack with like, you know, a bucket with beers and gift cards and all kinds of stuff. It was pretty cool. I'll be honest with you. I mean, I have a favorite draft moment of watching the um, the Ryan Leaf and what was it, Eli or Peyton Manning Peyton, debacle yeah. or whatever happened. Th that was very interesting. I remember that very fondly. <clears throat> and I remember last year's release or a couple years ago of the, whether it was marijuana or whatever, Laramie Tunzel was smoking. Like for that story, like I was ready for the draft and it comes out and it's just, it was like polarizing. And it made me watch the draft and how it could happen. So the drama moments are really polarizing. But I think this year is going to be, um, honestly, 
my favorite draft moment because we got four picks in the first 35, and I'm so in tune with the players this year because of our positioning that I think this year will probably be my favorite draft moment of all time. It's going to so. be mine. I know that because I'm going to be able to be there for it. You know, we're going to be right in the middle of the show on round one and at the draft experience for for the day two and then and then our live stream for day three. So, yeah, I'm with you. This draft is definitely going to go down as my favorite no matter what. All right, Raider. Uh, Pirate 1975, a fan of your show, my show. He wrote, I hope you rap better than you read poetry, Murph. Sweep the Chiefs. <laughs> So did he do a juju on you? Did he did he get a dig in there? He might have. I don't know. I mean, I wasn't reading anyways. I was going off the dome, as the kids say, uh, trying to remember the autumn wind. And then when you and I were reading, I don't know if people realize there's a little bit of a delay. And then also, if you and I talk at the same time, we cancel each other out. So it's kind of hard for us to do a joint thing on this. So I'm going to ask for some grace, Pirate 1975. Yeah, I think he meant early on, not when we did it together. He probably thought you were reading or whatever, but... It, that's very funny. Thank you for supporting the channel. And real quickly, I just want to tell everybody for this year's draft, um, please record your reactions before the draft pick. Please upload it, email it to me, uh, you know, whatever. I really want to put together a video of us Raider fans with us reacting to at least the first four picks. Love it. So please email me, email Murph, or make a phone call right after to Murph Fan Cave or to my ranch hotline, or or both. But, you know, give us some information on how you reacted to the pick. All right, and in summary, Monday with Mikey and Murph will be back next month, I believe on May 20th, 2019, for our next off-season monthly special. Oh, there it is. He wrote it on screen. There's Murph's fan cave number to react and give your opinion on the draft picks for Murph's fan cave. Take a picture, write it down, remember it. We don't give a thing. But May 20th, me and Murph will be back. And then hopefully during the season, it will be every Monday. Thank you very much for the fans. We got a lot of new fans. Last month's video got like 6,000 views almost. Wow. Which is very, because it was Antonio Brown signed, you know, so oh, sure, it brought a sure. lot of people to us. Right but on. there it is. This is Mondays with Mike and Murph. Uh, say goodbye to the good people and let them know where they can find you. And what's going on again, Murph? Well, goodbye, good people, and thank you for uh, joining us, as always, here on Mondays with Mikey and Murph. You can find me at uh, RaidersFanRadio.com, ImmerseFanCave.com. Most importantly nowadays, if you could please um, subscribe to us on our YouTube channel, that is YouTube.com slash MurphsFanCave, M-U-R-F-S, FanCave. And uh, I'll tell you something that I didn't tell you at the beginning of the show. Uh, We are um, taking... um, donations uh, essentially for the Bolitnikoff foundation. Now the way that you support us, it's very easy and it's very cool for you that in our videos, you'll see a link there uh, and that link will take you to nflshop.com. Okay. And it will take you to the Raiders section of nflshop.com. It doesn't cost you anything extra, but anything that you buy on nflshop.com, we get kicked back a very small percentage of whatever it is that you buy. 
all of that money. We're accumulating all into one big uh, lump sum, and we are going to donate it to the Bolitnikoff Foundation. That is the, our very own Fred Bolitnikoff, Hall of Fame wide receiver for the Oakland Raiders. Uh, his foundation uh, has an, an, a graciously uh, going to allow us to present them with this check in person at the end of the year. So all of that money will be donated to the Blitnikoff Foundation on behalf of the listeners of Raiders Fan Radio or the listeners of the Murph's Fan Cave network of shows, which includes this one, Mondays with Mikey and Murph. So um, so please support us in that way. Subscribe to our channel, hit that link, and go buy stuff, and then we're going to give it all away to the Blitnikoff Foundation on your behalf. So thank you for those of you that have, have already supported us in that way. You can also get these shirts, these Get Made t-shirts, any of the proceeds from these shirts, same thing, all going into that hopper to all give to the Blitnikoff Foundation. So, um, of course, we're going to pay for the shirts themselves, but after that, everything that we get from it is all going to go to them. So um, there's nothing wrong with with, with making uh, money and and doing uh, what people do with these channels and their content to make a living. That is nothing wrong with that at all. Uh, thankfully, we're in a position where we don't have to do that, and so we're going to give it away. And so so support us in that way if you would be so kind. Uh, it really goes to a good cause. If you don't know about the Blitnikoff Foundation, uh, it helps out with a lot of disadvantaged youth, a lot of at-risk uh, you know females out there for domestic that were at risk of domestic violence or substance abuse. It gives them safe places. It's a, just an amazingly uh, wonderful uh, foundation and group of folks. And so help us help them go and buy stuff and, uh, and we'll all do it together in the name of, uh, of Raider Nation, man. This is all from the fans. This is not some corporation or anything like that. This is all from you. It's from me. And so support us in that way. And thank you to all the, oh, those of you. We've already had a nice little uh, uh, um, bump of money uh, that's come in. And so we're so thankful to all of you that supported us already so far. So thank you. Yeah, I don't like buying anything on NFL Shop. I'm a little salty about them. But out of respect <laughs> and 100% respect for you and what you're doing, I, moving forward on every single one of my videos, will copy and paste your link and the information in every Thank single you, video Thank here you. on On Air Nation. Thank you. Out of every single video, Thank I will post that and hope that a lot of Raider Nation reads it, and I will talk about it in future videos and hopefully we can raise some money for you as well. Thank you all links much. to his stuff will be in future videos, and all links to his website are in this video, and that's what I think I can do for Raider Nation because I'm financially struggling, but I can at least do that and bring Raider Nation to your cause and Fred Belitnikoff as well. So, Murph, I want to thank you again for being a part of the show. Um, as in life, you got the draft coming up. I just want to wish you the time of your life. Thanks, man. I am so excited for you, brother, to go Thank to the you. draft, meet some Raider Nation fans, and you're going to experience a Gruden draft unlike yeah. nothing else has been seen yeah. in the NFL. And I just – I am so excited for you, brother. And I can't wait to watch the footage and listen to all that stuff that you're doing. But please, please, Murph, it's a lot of work to do that for the fans. Don't forget to have a good time. Right on. Don't make it – about the work for the fans. Make it about you having a great time. Seriously, Murph. I know how much work goes into making these videos, brother. Try to figure it out, yeah. but try to allot some time to be alone and just enjoy it with whoever you're with. 
Right on, man. I appreciate you saying that, Mikey. You know, much love to you as always, my friend. And I, uh, when you mentioned about filming uh, your reaction shots, uh, I can't. That was a great idea, and I can't wait to film a reaction shot of me and Uncle Mosh and Aaron the Q Dog Raider slam dunk in the middle of two hundred thousand people in the middle of Nashville, Tennessee, when the Raiders announced that first pick, man. And we will definitely send that in, and that'll be our submission uh, to your video uh, series on that. That's going to be awesome. And and Mikey, I can't thank you enough, man. You know, I don't see you and talk to you as much as I uh, normally do uh, when we're in the middle of the season. So I never want to miss an opportunity to tell you thank you. Uh, that exposure alone, you know, you have a much broader uh, base than what we do on, on YouTube. And uh, so your support alone means so much to us. And the, the, your willingness to promote, uh, you know, what our efforts are is, uh, is it's that's the Lord's work, man. It, it, you know, and I'm not overstating that. It, it really is important that people like you that have this reach you know let somebody like me uh, have a platform to do that so thank you very very much for what you do uh and and of course you know you become a great friend and uh can't wait to get this thing back going full-time man we got the the off season coming up here but sooner uh, th than we know it man we'll be in september and doing uh this show every monday right yeah uh raider critique said thank you mikey and murph with a donation as well and um at, in response to that ten dollar donation i will take all proceeds from today's show, which is around after YouTube takes their 45%. I think I might've made 20 something dollars uh, after all the, the donations of today's show. I will definitely buy something or send you 20 bucks. I promise. And the Mondays with Mike and Murph shirt, everything that the Mondays Mike and Murph shirt sells for this month, you know, a month from now will go to you, whether I be, I send it through you to PayPal or whatever to right give on. to the Fred Belinda Foundation. Beautiful. Thank you very, very that, much. That's awesome. That's the least I can do, you know, at this time of need. Uh, real quickly, you gave me back my life this year, last time, or this time last year, by creating a show with me, post all the NFL, the copyright, the lawyers. Uh, you kind of gave me back some solidif solidity and creativity to produce a show. And now we got Raiders football talk. I don't, I'm not saying it's the best show, but, like, I can do that show for three hours every Friday, and I can get clips from it for the week. So I can get back to my real life Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday and try to create a career again and all that. But you gave me the creativity of making a show and talking that people will respect me talking about the Raiders. So you gave me all of this last year at this time. So my heart goes out to you, and I love oh, you, brother. Man. Absolutely. Feelings mutual, my friend. Thank you for tuning in. It's been a big, long show, but we're proud of it. We're going to sing the song and get on out of here. So thank you very much. Murph Shea, goodbye, and we're singing ourselves out of here. See you, Raider Nation. I got to get my thumbs warm. This has been Monday with Mikey and Murph. We had a good time talking Raiders and football dirt. This was the Raider Draft Special Free Agency Review. It's Mikey, Raider, and Murph. We do what we do. This is Mondays with Mikey and Murph. We'll see you May 20th, man. I love you, Raider Nation. Thank you for being a part, and have a fantastic draft. Progressive is proud to honor our veterans by donating vehicles to move their lives forward, especially in times of need. This year celebrates eight years and more than 750 vehicles donated. Learn more about their Keys to Progress program and plans for 2020 at keystoprogress.com. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. 
I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.